Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Super Ad MMA Show. It is an absolute privilege to be joined by our good friend and also happens to be our boxing coach, Andy Burrows. I, as always, am Jack Aaron Stoops. I'll be joined not only with Andy Burrows, but by my good friend, Mel Brown. Uh, we talked today about Ortega looking remarkably human again, considering the pace thing he got uh, only a week removed. Uh, Velasquez and Ngannou looks like it's heavily rumoured. We talk about Cruz's misfortune with his injury. We talk about Nick Diaz being a little bitch again. Sugar Sean looks like he's returning next year, so we talk about that. We recap UFC Milwaukee, and this is our first ever Super Rad MMA Awards show where we will give awards for all kinds of things like best fight this year, uh, fighter of the year, best prospect, and tons, tons more. We also find time to talk about UFC 232. We talk about uh, John Jones and uh, my boy Alexander the Muller. Gustafson, who uh, I'm rooting for heavily, but uh, we've got that much, much more in this week's edition of the show, and uh, this is our last show before Christmas, so we want to thank you all for the support, wish you the very merriest of Christmases and a happy new year, and uh, we'll be back soon, so please like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we will see you soon. Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What we're on the road to find Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Andy Burroughs, Mel Brown, how are you both, you lovely people? Full of festive cheer. Andy, you full of festive cheer yet? Yeah. I would say he's even overflowing with festival Completely cheer. Completely brimming with festival <laughs> Leaking from virtually every festival orifice that I can muster. Wouldn't, wouldn't be like you to be leaking from a few orifices, Sandy, would it? Listen, that was once. I needed <laughs> I know, we happened to be there for it, though. Yep. <laughs> you were paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> so to those who don't know, Andy Burrows is not only a good friend and uh, and colleague in the MMA world, but he is uh, our boxing coach, uh, also uh, our MMA coach, and an MMA coach, and... A boxing coach Very in general, yeah. a qualified personal trainer, Indeed. first man in Northern Ireland to fight inside a cage, true. a retired MMA fighter. The mm-hmm. list could go on, but I, I think we, I think that's enough, isn't it? It could go on. I think not necessarily the first guy to get into the cage in Northern Ireland. I was the first guy to fight in the cage in the UK, Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland. I think I'm the only person ever to do all three. So, Flip. That, uh, that was the first person to do all three. So. Well, that is certainly a high accolade. Um, Just answer to a question on like Mastermind in 30 years. A really boring episode. <laughs> like super specific like, MMA. Yeah, when I'm the guy who's sitting in the chair. Yep. <laughs> My well, subject is myself. <laughs> I, I'm here to talk exclusively about me. Um, well, we obviously are here for a number of reasons. To those who do not know... Mel and I are training for a fight on the 3rd of March. Andy has been coaching us through it. But we've also had help from the lovely folk at nisupplements.com. Uh, we have been given, um, and, and we cannot cannot recommend them enough because with NI Supplements, it's not just the products that they sell that are good. It's also the advice. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a type 1 diabetic, and uh, the second to Peter, the lovely man from NI Supplements, realized that the uh, products that we were getting changed. And uh, not only that, but you can now have the same biotech US products as us, but with a 10% discount. Sounds too good to be true. It really is. You go to nisupplements.com. They have international delivery, uh, and you get 10% off any Biotech US products with the code SUPERADMMA. It's that simple. Yeah. If you like money, a bit of extra money in your pocket, and being mega buff, 
that's <laughs> absolutely perfect. Um, you you know Peter as well. Yeah, I've known Peter for a number of years now. This isn't isn't the usual sort of plug and bullshit. I know he's helping you guys out, but genuinely, the people in the store, both Peter and any of the other colleagues, are extremely helpful. Very very knowledgeable. So if you have any sort of supplementation questions, if you think you're lacking in something or you feel the need to try and supplement your diet to try and improve one aspect of your training, do get in contact with the guys. They're more than welcome, more than welcoming to start talking about that. They, they similar have a passion for nutrition yep. like we have a passion for MMA. Yes, it's something that should take part in all our training regime. So listen, get on, use a, use a discount code. Go and see them and enjoy your supplements, folks. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Mel and I are both on the uh, Biotech US amino acids, which are actually sugar-free, which is great for me, um, and also on the uh, Zero Way. Um, and it's helped. I must admit, I'm a skeptic about most things, but yeah. it has helped with the recovery, especially those uh, DOMs. Uh, I'm getting big guns. Well, that's, well, maybe you, not, not me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm about like a beanpole, but uh, working on that, not for long. Not for long, but uh, yes, that's the, uh, that is nisupplements.com and uh, the code at checkout is super ad MMA and you can get 10% off Biotech US. So the Once other you look buff though, you know what makes you look even more badass? Um, covered in tattoos. Absolutely. Well, we, uh, funnily enough, if you enjoy our logo, um, the person that uh, is responsible for that is the wonderful Jamie Morton from uh, Hell Yeah Custom Tattoos in Bangor at Northern Ireland. So if you are in this uh, lovely land uh, he is the guy to go and see and you can find it hell yeah custom tattoos on Facebook and uh, yeah he did our logo so his style really is it's that hobo jack you know neo-traditional old school anything cartoony anything bright anything bold anything colourful um, if it's got colour in it he'll dig it like he's just he's just a groovy dude too yes. great guy but uh, anyway I was about to say go down and let him put his needle in you but that doesn't sound great that oh. doesn't sound that's phrasing man that's phrasing yes. that's yeah. paraphrasing Although- I don't know, different clientele. Well, some people might like that, um, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's, as long as it's not the same needle it's used for me. I thought he only had one. <laughs> it's just a communal needle, communal <laughs> needle in a tattoo studio. Yeah, don't I don't think that's true, folks. Just just to be clear, that was strictly <laughs> yeah. a joke. He's a very professional human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho, it has been a well. I don't want to say it's been a quiet week in MMA because we did just have what was actually a really good fight night card. Um, it was in Milwaukee. Last one on Fox. Last one ever on Fox, which affects me none. That is how much yeah, it affects me. We're doing yeah. my head on a bit, getting on like. Someone had died leaving Fox. Mm. Uh, you're only on Fox because they paid you the most amount of money, and you're leaving them because someone's paying you more money. It's yeah, it's boo boo hoo. Yeah, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad for the loss. But um, did you watch the card, Andy? Yeah, I watched it. I, I couldn't obviously stay up. Stayed up to watch the the prelims, and then the next day watched the rest of the card. Excellent show. Really, really good. Actually, you know what? I know obviously we're ragging on about Fox, but it's I do actually like the Fox production. Initially, when it started, I was one of the worst critics of it. It kind of grated yeah. on me mm-hmm. the constant adverts. Uh, I was very. I know it sounds really terrible because it's American production, but it was that big boom USA sort of yeah. production where every two seconds it was an advert. Yeah, and it. It's strangely grown on me. The timing of it is slightly different. There's a rhythm to it that's a bit different to the the more conventional pay-per-view cards. Oh, yeah. It could be painfully slow. Especially when they go go back to the desk. Oh, the desk's crazy. Anytime the Karen Bryant's on screen, I am out. I'm I'm so out. Do you know, I was horrified to find out she had an MMA podcast. No. She does. No way. Yes, way. I would never listen to it in a month of Sundays. My partner, Kira, this is an aside, she has a real thing about female MMA 
presenters. Okay. I have absolutely mm. zero reasoning Good why. Good or bad? Oh, no, bad. Oh, like, okay. Like, not just bad. Nice, but, Kira. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's sexist, but she's female, so you can get away with it. But, like, that would just instantly put her off. Like, anybody... In fact, you know what? It's a female in combat sports because we were watching boxing there the other week. <laughs> what a night. I know. I treat her so well. <laughs> and then... She was, was watching a, it from the first person. <laughs> <laughs> But there was also a female uh, on Sky who I actually thinks quite good. Um, but Kira's like, what the hell does she know about fighting? She doesn't get it at all. She doesn't get it at all. So I think Karen Bryant would just really grind her even further. Yeah, she gr- grates on me, but... Yeah. It's, she's got that... It's it's everything. This is the one downside of the Fox cards. It's it's Everything is like super clinical. Like... like the precision three, like three piece suits the mm. perfect white smiles and the, the hairlines yeah. you know like perfectly squared off um but uh that we've somehow diverged from talking about the fights uh we're just going to talk about the main event uh how freaking slick was charles Oliveira against uh, jim miller it mm. was as expected but i think it's time for jim just to hang him up yeah move on. yeah i mean he was 29 13 and oh like that's some record not to be ashamed of either. no no it's a fantastic record a guy who's had an amazing career spanning virtually a decade here in the ufc so i mean yep. has, he's not going to get a title why is he forcing himself to do this i know people are going to say money and you should never tell a guy to retire mm. but i mean what did he earn out of that yes okay he earned a few dollars out of that but he's not earning anything morally it's not going to you know he's not going to learn anything either he really just got destroyed he's not even really of this i don't want to say of the standard to but it, well okay he's, he's not really the standard of being a gatekeeper either no you know he's kind of outside of that mm. you know where where there he's, is merit to guys that the, are gonna did you lose on territory Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Except not as chinny. He just likes getting subbed. But if he sticks around, it'll not be long. Incidentally, he did that fight with Joe Lozon. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh dear. Phenomenal. So, yeah. That's one to go back and watch again. Absolutely. Um, Charles Oliveira, the best submission artist in the UFC. He could be, but I think that um, speaking of which, I heard Luke Thomas saying, uh, "And check this for a fight because one rival, uh, Gilbert Burns. What about that for a fight? Ooh. Charles Oliveira and mm. Gilbert Burns." Burns might be a... He might ice him. He might be a bit too big for him. I think Oliveira wants to go back down to featherweight. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm just not sure how I feel about it. I'm not I'm not against it, um, but I'm not really for it and either. he just looked a lot healthier. He looked a lot healthier at 155. He does. I'm not one of these like guys who thinks you should boil yourself down to a specific weight and stand on the scales shaking, looking like you're about to pass out. I think that damages you. Definitely, definitely damages your career. Yes, you're dehydrating your your brain, your organs, your yep. ability to, to absorb punches and punishment is dramatically diminished. I don't think you need to do that. I definitely don't think he needs to do that. If you're subbing Jim Miller the way he just did, yeah. he's going to do that to ninety percent. Well, when you're looking at his record, he's missed weight at featherweight three or four times. Yeah, he doesn't so, need to go back there. Yeah. Tell me this, Andy. Did you did you have to cut weight off then? Actually, strangely, sometimes I had to put on weight to get the 70 because there was nothing lower at that point. Right. It just started at 70. This is back in the mists of time. Um, it started at 70 kilos. So if you were lower than 70, you either just put up with it or you tried to put on weight to get the 70. So a couple of times I had to put on weight to get the 70. Maybe the last fight I had to lose maybe two or three kilos to get down, but nothing dramatic. No crazy. Two or three kilos is still... Like, I mean, you, you can still certainly say that you've cut weight before. Yeah, you but know. I mean, what what cutting weight then and cutting weight now is two completely different things dropping True. a couple of kilos for like two or three days leading up to event is fine but the dramatic and these sort of 
almost like a weird rite of passage things yeah. that guys are doing now. like oh I cut 7 kilos last yeah. night and I nearly died fantastic high five tell that to your brain it's just an appalling I think it's an appalling culture that we find ourselves yeah. in and I don't know where it's come from. I, I maybe maybe from the American wrestling. One of those guys you're making time well. after time after time, and the hydration level is it can't be good. Like we see, it's a reason or one they do the hydration tests. Yep, one. It's a fabulous idea. Fabulous idea. And the CSAC, obviously, they uh, well known for doing the um, the announcing the uh, weight that they get into the cage yeah. at. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know some of the people surprised me well, more they, than others. They only allow. I forget what percentage of your body weight you're, allowed, or you're something. allowed to put back mm. on, and if you're over it, then you ain't allowed to fight. Thought that was actually just just quickly, and I know, like I don't think we actually talked about this at the time. That was a really interesting kind of uh, thing that the 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 UFC instituted for uh, Thompson and Till. It was something similar, you actually. You know that, yes. that where like he was like, oh, "Fine, yeah. I'll take the fight, but you have to weigh in again tomorrow and mm-hmm. be under, yeah, you know, one hundred and ninety or whatever yeah. it was." But I just thought it was really interesting the idea of someone having to go through that process twice, or mm. you know, sitting up that night going, "Right, okay, I can't," you know, like what way must Tell's recovery have been affected, having to limit his recovery, you know, because he wasn't cutting; he was yeah. just limiting he his recovery, limiting, well, yeah. or even the psychological effect that has on somebody. I know when it's not over you yet. Know, and this is not over until I can stand on a scale tomorrow morning. And even then, I mean, will I be desperately high or low? Will I have to mm. go through the whole horror? We all yeah. saw the, the video with Darren cutting me. It was absolutely oh, beyond putrid. Terrible. I don't know how on earth that guy made it. Not only that, he, he did go out and perform. Yes, okay, the fight itself, it's on my list here. It's fight itself mm. wasn't the most entertaining, but... I do think that, you know, in that respect, I think that that psychological effect of knowing that there was still weight to either go or or, or to put on yeah. wasn't yeah. great for him. No, Definitely not. I don't think so either. And I think that, um, as you said, that, that psychologically, I think it was just as big an issue for him as uh, as it would have been physically. You yeah. Know, knowing 100%. That you've, you've, got a, you've got a last still to that point. Until you can even worry about rehydration. Yeah, and then, and then what, what? if you've planned a different rehydration routine, most guys now do. You listen to George Lockhart, and you see some of the stuff that he does. Um, he they This is obviously planned right down to the yep. very low, like micronutrients now, not just your macros, and then down into the micronutrients and when you're, you're sensing certain sensitivity points. If that is interrupted and you're used to having that, yeah, imagine you're performing yeah. psychologically and physically, your performance is going to take a hit. It's it's a good it's a good point, um, and I think that you know we thankfully we don't have to see situations like that too often. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting. There, just when we were talking, about it, we kind of just remembered that and thought, what an interesting way to do it, mm. um, as opposed to just saying, you know, no, I'm not taking the fight, or yes, I yeah. am taking the fight. You know, sort of putting such a specific at that stage, you would have done anything to get oh, those two in the cage. Yeah, the UFC would have done anything yeah. to to get that fight to go ahead. Um, but the next fight was uh, Rob Font who. <laughs> Probably the hardest hitter in, in bantamweight by quite a long shot yeah. uh, against Sergio Pettis. Sergio Pettis managed to nullify that, the, the dynamite in the hand, but he was just outclassed everywhere. He got taken down at will by Rob Font, which surprised me. Sergio could get nothing going off his back. You know, it, it puts Sergio into an interesting spot. Yeah, Rob Font looked like the bigger man all yeah. over that day. Yeah. I, I Obviously, I think he was able to get the takedown because of the threat on the feet. I think that caused him, where am I going to, do I go ahead and try and maybe not defend the takedown and then open up to being struck again? Because Font could turn most guys' lights out a weight above or a weight below. Easy, easy. Sergio Pettis just doesn't look anywhere near as dynamic as Anthony. No. There was lots of, you know, 
being brothers, obviously they look very similar, mm-hmm. move very similar, trained the same place their entire lives, but they're they are quite different fighters. I think Sergio's more uh, like traditionally technical. He looks good. His strike and looks yeah. really crisp, but it just didn't seem to have any effect whatsoever no, in Font. No. It didn't slow him down. It no. didn't even make him... I don't even think he thought twice about no. what he was going to do. It didn't interrupt his rhythm or game plan. No. Or any any of that. Just nothing he did seemed to sort of affect Font and put him off coming, marching forward. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, what a massive... You know, considering that, you know... Um, sorry, uh, Pettis, you know, much... Much more highly touted, I think, than than Rob Font. Rob Font, you know, sort of. I think you almost have to be a lot more than a casual fan to kind of like. I think a lot of people from the outside were going, "Pettis will win this." You kind of go, "Oh, yeah." They've become a bit of a, you know. And I think it's a good story. We all remember the embedded them in the lovely house and all about my mum's house. It's a great story from them. Fantastic story. So you become emotionally invested in that, and you see that guy. Then you go, I must watch him. I don't. uh, His it it may as well just be called opponent. (laughs) He is facing opponent. Opponent A. Yeah. Yeah, But Rob Font, if you know as what you said, like you know a good bit about MMA, you're going to look into this guy and go, Oh dear, he's in for a terrible. I picked Font to win that fight, so. I'm quite happy with that result. We both picked no, I, went, I thought Pettis would be... Mm-hmm. I thought coming up uh, from flyweight, he'd have a bit more speed and he'd take him apart on the outside, mm-hmm. but it just it didn't happen. I, I'm sort of worried about Sergio yeah. Pettis's prospects yep. at Bantamweight because he didn't have power at flyweight. Um, and flyweight, obviously, potentially mm-hmm. going. Potentially going. Um, and Font looked every bit a whole weight division bigger than him and clearly carried the power so yeah I mean in that situation one of the only things you can hope for is that the diminished weight cut in some way benefits performance but I think this is one of those times where maybe he is like a a natural tweener where you know he's just like there's some guys at Bantamweight who can crack speaking of John Lineker like would you fancy Sergio Pettis' chances against John Lineker I would say that John Lineker and Rob Font would be a hell of a fight fantastic fight they fought did they yeah a couple of years ago I think Lineker beat him. John Lineker is terrifying. He's fantastic. Yeah, he he's so exciting. He's so exciting. Hands of stone. That's a great nickname yeah. as well. Isn't Obviously it? stolen from Roberto Duran a long time yeah. ago, but yeah, even so. Three years hands ago. Hands of cement. Oh, he's Who was the fighter um, that that had to put the cement powder in the bucket? Yeah. yeah, horrible creature. Terrible. Vile. Scumbag move. Did anyone doesn't know he put... It was some boxing put some plaster of Paris, I think it was. Plaster was it plaster Paris, Paris or yeah. cement or whatever? It's plaster Paris in, uh, into the hand wrap so that when he sweated, <laughs> then that went off and went hard. And it's like, wonder how much impact that would have. Oh, horrendous! Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, horrifying. Th- those guys when they're fighting as well. When you have a, a, a lace-up glove, uh-huh. you know, whenever we spar in the gym or whenever you guys spar in the gym, what we have is a glove that you wrap with Velcro. So the Velcro itself keeps. The, the wrist portion of the glove attached to the hand so the rest of your fist inside the glove curves around quite comfortably and your thumb closes over and makes a fist with a, with a lace up type glove there is a specific way of cutting down the amount of padding that you have on the knuckle part of the glove Yeah. so I've seen this being done and it's about how you cross over and tie the laces on top of the glove and it helps to stretch the, the padding down towards the okay. wrist and then when you tie again the the laces over the back of the wrist and it's taped up and tied oh, most of the right. most of the <laughs> stuffing of the glove if you want most of the padding area of, of an eight ounce professional boxing glove mm-hmm. is now sitting around the wrist so if you have inside a very very thin padding which is now maybe what six maybe four ounce glove now yeah. covered in leather and you have a piece of plaster of Paris inside Jeez. that that is now hardened it's a terrific is that legal impact. Doing there's that? nothing to say that you can't do it 
so if basically if the design of the glove allows it and the glove is yeah. passed by you know mm-hmm. WBO or WBA or yeah whatever, th- these are signed legal. off once they're wrapped up and they're signed off the gloves are checked and both people agree on gloves so you sometimes you'll yeah. see a guy stepping into the ring with a Grant glove on you'll see another guy stepping into the ring with a Reyes glove or whatever or winning at the minute they're very very popular those gloves are agreed maybe who they're sponsored yeah. by but they're agreed by both parties and then they're signed off by a commissioner or signed off by the referee I've always wanted a pair of winning gloves because they're just so old school but the, the issue I have with them is like I mean I mean, well, if you're ring sides mm-hmm. at the minute Andy because they're literally the only gloves that I say I have because I like I, I'm like I said I'm built like a beanpole I'm six foot nine and my hands are pretty long and it's it's the thumb my thumb always seems to be jarred against you know the the, the thumb and the actual glove seems to yeah. be too short um but the winning gloves from what I've read don't have that issue but I then looked at the price and went Ooh. terrifying utterly terrifying but they're they don't suffer from the same thing as Reyes we were talking about this last mm. week where like you've you know fifty rounds with them and then they have to go in the bin yeah. The Reyes ones, the horsehair ones, well, they, what, yeah, yeah. All like you know, Thir- I, I think it was thirty rounds before. Serious? I have, a, I have a pair of Reyes, and literally, I've worn them five times. Are they yeah. the horsehair ones? Uh, yes, they yeah. are. They're inc- they were inc- I got them quite cheap at the time, but they were they are immensely expensive. You go on to Amazon yeah. or go on yeah, eBay like and just look at, yeah, they're ridiculous. I definitely didn't pay that for them because I'm not crazy, but they are very, very expensive. Yeah, well, apparently the rounds are really limited on them because they mm. lose shape, and even the foam ones that they do suffer from the same yeah, thing. I think they're sixty rounds. Yeah, You're not going to win any friends at either sparring. Reyes gloves. No, You're not no. going to make any friends. That was the thing. That was the thing I laughed. At, actually, speaking of Darren Till again, was the thing I laughed at the most about watching him beating the piss out of his the car right. the karate guy that he had preparing for Thompson. He was wearing Reyes gloves, and I was just sitting there. So it was like, as like you were already battering the piss out of him, yeah. and now you stuck <laughs> legitimate competition horse hair gloves on top of that. Absolutely like. hateful. Oh, brilliant! Like brilliant. Um, the next fight, though, um, of course, we have to carry on with the FC Milwaukee. Now we called this in the podcast. There are levels to this. Edson Barbosa, Dan Hooker, Edson Barbosa. There's a number of things to talk about in this fight. First of all, knocked him out in the third round. Well, say knocked him out, finished him with a body shot. Um, I have never seen someone eat so many body shots, show so much pain, and keep marching forward. Should this fight have been stopped by either the referee or the corner sooner? The corner sooner. Yeah. I think I'm not certainly should have even been sent out for the third round no. like the beating he took in the second was was pretty horrific and he because he wasn't falling over or stumbling around but like he was just he was essentially turtling up on the feet um and didn't have anything coming back and it just seemed a bit uh a bit sadistic what he went through in the third mm-hmm. I just think it was unnecessary. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like we discussed this again, or I discussed this with another number of people as well, talking about some of the corner. And, and don't get me wrong, he's city kickboxing, isn't he? With the yes. same as Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. And I have a, Train a, a lot in Tiger as well. I have a great deal to say about Adesanya's coach because I told you about the story where he explained if I, I do a, a he shows a specific technique, he allows Israel to find his own way of yep. doing that, yeah. which I think is a, a sign of an excellent coach. Yep. But there comes a time when a coach should be. M- also looked upon as a friend and, a, and, and yes. in guidance, I certainly wouldn't want to see any of my friends take that sort of punishment. Well, I would be very disappointed in, like, you, I mean, you are, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. as far as we know anyway, you're going to be cornering us for our fight. Mm-hmm. And I'd be absolutely heartbroken if if I reviewed a fight and saw that I'd taken that much damage and you yeah. hadn't told and me, or, or at least, because what the thing I think is more concerning than the, the corner not stopping it is that there didn't seem to be any conversation between the fighter and the coach 
in between rounds about stopping it. Yeah. And I would at least, even if you didn't stop it, I would have at least hoped that you could have turned to me and gone, yes, but I asked you in between second and third round, I said, look, I think you should stop. Yeah. We, How do you feel about that? We've had this conversation again outside of here and also regarding, do you remember Nunez? Do you yes, remember the yeah, Nunez? Yeah, Nunez and Rocky Pennington. Uh, that still makes me want to book. But it's the same deal as that. A corner should be communicating with their fighter. It shows two things. Number one, that they're listening. And number two, that they're able to respond. Yep. If one of those things is missing, there is some, there's an interruption in this. The doctor was talking to Dan Hooker between rounds and was asking him, you know, standard, what day of the week is it? Where are yeah. you? What year? And he got a couple of those he questions got the, he wrong. Got the, he got the and, year And they wrong. sent them back And out. he still sent Now that is again, that's a medical failing. But and Dan Hooker's also had to spend another night in hospital due to concussion Concussed, problems. Yeah. Again, we look at these things and we think, yeah, he's so tough. He's, he didn't he didn't tap or he didn't stop. Did he just not know any better? But at this moment in time, your brain is not working the way it should. If he can't, doesn't even know what year it is, really. Yeah, he's, 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 he's gone back to the future on this yeah. guy. Like, yeah. he's really gone overboard. That is showing quite significant signs of head trauma. Then you're going to start to see things like gate disturbance, where it looks like he's trying to step up a step that doesn't exist, yeah. stumbling. And then people go, oh, that's fine. No, that's too late. You've gone too late. Yeah, you've that literally damaged the we, brain. We also, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times to many people before, getting struck in the body. Science is now showing that the, that the gut is like a second brain. It has the equivalent of neurons in it. And it, you, you talked about Mel there when you said he was shelling up on the feet. He was just turtling up. Yeah. The reason he's turtling up is because he's shutting down. His body is simply shutting down. It's protecting itself. It's protecting yeah. itself. So when you saw him take the last left hook of the body, but instant. Oh, oh my, what a fantastic technique. It was the placement because Beautiful. it didn't, like if the body kick didn't finish him, it's funny, but because we've talked about this before yeah. and, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. outside of the podcast too. It doesn't take much. I got hit with no. a body shot by Swanee and sparring there. Um, Swanee's on the guy's training gym. And it was, it was, he popped me twice to keep getting mm-hmm. the hands up and he just, it was a little pop. Yep. It was, there was nothing to it. No, it's a placement I, of the shot and as and well. He didn't drop me, but he literally, you know, he didn't like that one. I was like, no, I did not indeed. No, <laughs> no I did and not. I, you could see Hooker in that respect needed rescued. He needed rescued. I think the referee is at fault, but I do think the corner plays a bigger part. Instead of being, oh, my fighters are so tough. No, show some compassion. Just toss it all in. The guy's young enough to come back and fight Barbosa two years down the line when he has maybe Hit picked up a few more skills, picked up some offensive wrestling, yeah. which would have really helped him. But he didn't have any. I mean, he literally fought with his hands down, smashing body kicks yeah. in. They both did the same. The leg kick started to take effect. And when he started to hit him to the body, because clearly hitting him in the head was not working, Yep, it took its toll on him and I, I just think he could have been saved I mean he didn't need those extra two nights in hospital he could have been back mm. in you know, New Zealand now with waiting to prepare enjoy Christmas whereas really he's going to be sucking Christmas through a straw that's true so lesson to be learned at 155 uh, you don't stand with Edson Barboza no and this is the thing is that this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about just just before we actually um, talk about that I just wanted to say that um I think that with uh, with the the referee, it's an interesting one wondering if the referee should have stopped the referee because I don't see how he can mm. because he's not breaching any of the terms that the ref needs to stop yeah. a fight. And and I think that you do you there do what we mo- need more though. This there is what I'm getting to. There's a few moments where I would have said he wasn't intelligently defending but himself. But also at those, I know the moments you're talking about. It's the moments where he sort of curled over and dropped. But at those moments, 
Edson should have been attacking because if he was attacking, then how can you intelligently defend yourself against a body kick when the guy steps away from you yeah. after it? Yeah. You're not def- you're not having to defend and anything. I suppose in that respect, there was nothing amazingly significant. There was a section where Barboza took the, the tie clinch, the crushing of the of the neck. Yeah. He's yeah. really dragging him around, just fl- flashing knees in, and there wasn't any response other than I'm tucking my arms up and I'm just getting smashed. I think there was an opportunity there to say you've had enough. Yeah, and I think that maybe that there's many ways how people surrender in fights. One is to mm-hmm. just reach up and tap. The other one is to say, I've had enough. The other one is to, to feign injury. I think in this case, that was his body surrendering. I don't think his mind, genuinely, I don't think Dan Hooker's mind is capable of surrender. No. no and But clearly. I think that was his body just saying, you've had enough and this is how you should, this is how you're surrendering. And I think the referee, maybe more experienced referee would have dived in. I do believe Mark Goddard would have dived in, yeah. genuinely. I've seen him stop fights up against the cage wall where people are getting pounded to the body and he's just dived in. And people have questioned that. They've questioned the fighter. They've questioned their heart, which makes you want to strangle a few yeah, people. Yeah, it's this nonsense. Like, you don't have to go out on your shoes. No. If you're getting beat, it's like, there's no shame in it if you're just beat on that night. You don't Better have man. To, yeah, you don't have to receive permanent damage no. to prove that. No, absolutely. But what I was going to say is I think that one of the things that it does open up is the question of, do we need a better classification of when a, a ref should stop a fight you know and the other thing is and this this is this question is more geared towards yourself Andy which is I was listening to the Luke Thomas podcast yesterday and they were talking about this and it, and it was such an interesting question which is do we need um, the, it, it, you know it, Luke Thomas said that in boxing all the corner guys are old guys yeah they've seen it all and there is no hesitancy whatsoever in boxing to throw a tile in, no. and there's also no shame in it. Oh, Everyone no. just no. goes, ah, in the corner if they're in a tile in, excellent move from nobody, the corner. Nobody complains. No, no, nobody, no, the boxers don't complain. You know, look at the last Fury fight before he fought Wilder. In fact, in yeah. fact was it not even the last two fights before that that the corner threw the uh, tile in? Against... Against Tyson Fury, that was the last one he Italian Belfast. guy Belfast yeah, to Snorfest, but threw, it was, was fourth yeah, the, round through the towel yeah. and not because the guy was. There's also been occasions where a towel has been thrown in, the referee can kick the towel out. There's, there is a, a time where that is completely acceptable. Um, uh, Graham Earl, mm-hmm. he fought Michael Katsidis, is a go back and again in the midst of time, and Graham Earl was getting his ass handed to him. The towel came in, and the ref kicked the towel out onto the bottom rope and let him continue, and it continued. It turned out to be one of the best of all time fights. So in that respect, a reason I believe that to be the case is that boxing has just been around yeah. in our vision, yeah. in our field of vision for so that, long. That's the question. Is that, is that what you think? Do you think that in 10 years' time, it, oh, they'll look at this and go, why? Like, like yeah. Do you think yeah. throwing the tile yes. in will be like it is in I, boxing? 100%. I think also MMA has grown up in the era of social media. Yep. So there's a lot of guys out there who probably are sitting at home who don't compete in sport, who've never really either competed in rugby or football or anything where they take hits, especially boxing, MMA, kickboxing, and they don't understand what it's like to be in there. They don't want it's like to be the nail, if you want. Yep. And when they, that is happening constantly, I think a boxing coach can understand more if they've been around the game for a long time. Yeah. This guy doesn't need to put up with this. We can bring him back another day. Or it's just not your night. You're having a terrible day. You know, if you have a terrible day on a football pitch, you're still got 10 other guys to help you. If you have a yeah. terrible day in, in a boxing ring, there's nobody to come and save you. Yeah. So that's the corner's job. That's In that day, that's the corner's job to throw the towel in and say, right, my guy's had enough. And I think yeah. that'll happen in MMA, but it's going to take its time. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going that way. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they commented on as well was um, talking about, you know, the the old guys who've seen it, seen it all, and just saying that, you know, 
it is an evolution thing, and I think that you know we've we've kind of covered all the same bases there. But I, I just thought that it, it was a really interesting question. Um, and to be honest, I am not the biggest Luke Thomas fan. I just happened to mm. to, to, to not be able to sleep last night, and that was that came up in my podcast feed. And just went, I'll listen to that because there was uh, Sage Northcutt was on it, so I was like, yeah, I'll listen to that. And I just thought, you know what, that's actually a really interesting topic mm-hmm. of conversation, especially because now here was the but that was what I was going to say. So I didn't know this. Did you know that some some commissions you can't throw a toilet? There are so there is there is this thing as well that that goes oftentimes like we we like, I think the Rocky thought, Pennington one might have been one of them. I thought That's it was insane. I thought it was at the ref's discretion. I think no, like, so, like well, in boxing that if you throw in the towel, it doesn't mean that the fight's what automatically the, what over. They, what they said the yesterday was you could well be right, but what the way it was explained yesterday was that some commissions don't have that in their bylaws, and uh, other commissions uh, do. And yeah. it was uh, it was John Jones's uh, Brandon Gibson. Gibson. It was him mm-hmm. that was saying this. He was like, no, no, like some commissions uh, just flat out. That don't must be it. some martial arts mists of time trash that yeah. they're going to get somebody killed and, and really like you're you're risking your life people have died doing this oh yeah so these guys are risking their lives guys and girls are risking their lives at the, as I keep pointing out a cigarette paper the top 10% of the combat sports public on, on planet earth so if you think that they can just put up with that punishment and it won't affect them maybe five years down ten years down ten minutes away from this that can affect their life forever yeah. you need to get this, you need to get that rule it's absolutely ridiculous it's fighters we all talk about fighter safety but what are you doing to improve it that's one of those cases where it's not improving it you're making it more dangerous this is a dangerous enough we're getting kicked in the face in your pants seriously cut yourself off in your pants that's true <laughs> yeah you're wearing your underwear and your fist true. fighting another man for it's money true. so yeah. I mean that's really when it comes down to its most rawest element so if you need to be saved you need to be saved and you can't have some stuffy no. get in a suit some Somewhere else, not giving a shit about you, and that's what's no, happening. Sure. You can't have Uncle Dana in your corner, basically. Dana White Par, no <laughs> yeah, way. Dana White Par. Um, so, but uh, per timing on this front, um, but the next fight is Kevin Lee and Alia Quinta. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually, and I'm going to blow my own trumpet with this. I'm really pleased with the <laughs> prediction I made last week. That's it, um, because it kind of went exactly how I thought. Kevin Lee seemed to be controlling the fight in the earlier rounds. I, like you, Andy, mm-hmm. gave him the first. Um, but Ally Quinta's cardio ultimately is what took over and I thought it was really interesting because I didn't see anybody else talking about Ally Quinta's cardio before the fight mm. it wasn't so, It wasn't like a narrative that I saw and yeah. it was like the, the people sleep on this guy because he went and this is the thing it was purely off the back of his performance against Habib and people said oh Habib looked turd no he didn't no, Ali Quinta looked he fucking looked great yeah. you know and, and that was the difference at the same time just to play devil's advocate there, there is a bit of a narrative with I went against Habib that he like rolled off a sofa and into that fight, but I mean, still went five rounds. No, 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 no. And, and but put a piece. Yeah, I don't so, believe he, that. But he wasn't. He was scheduled to fight on yes, that card, yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. not like he was out but of shape. But not in a five round fight. No, but I mean, he was still in fighting shape. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's I'm like I'm not. I, this is the thing is I don't I didn't mean it in that regard. I mean in terms of like there are very few people in the UFC, let alone in that division, that could maintain that pace for five rounds yeah. because it was dynamic from beginning to end and he never resets. He never seemed to wear any damage. No. Eight jabs kept moving forward. Eight jabs kept moving forward. I, I genuinely, the eating of the jab, I think it was a tactic. That sounds oh, really stupid. I think that was a bit of a tactic. 100%. He's going to get him a few successful shots. He's going to get caught up with doing that and then I'm going to get his timing and I'm going to smash him. That was That's it. exactly what It happened. was getting his timing. He's like, I'm just going to eat these mm-hmm. to figure out yeah. the timing and, and even then they weren't necessary we're talking about it was two or three that snapped his head back the rest were scuff shots where he was yeah. slipping out of the way most of it he's putting his hands up to try and deflect some of that he wasn't really performing any great hand defences to it he was more or less moving his head but then when he got his timing he didn't need to move his head because the jab 
was starting to fall short because he was outside of it. Yeah. Even though Kevin Lee had a fantastic reach advantage, yeah, it seemed like Ali Aquinta was a lot quicker. But that again is speed of mind. He didn't slow down. His mind didn't slow down. You can see in the fourth and fifth where Kevin Lee's mind had slowed down. Yeah. He'd run totally out of ideas. And it's another thing that I discussed there about five seconds ago was about that physical surrender. There was a time where he was caught and it looked like a physical surrender with yep. hands dropped and his face was down. He just did not yeah. look like the Kevin Lee who did the pimp dance the whole way to the cage, you know? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you make of the fight, Mel? We watched it together. I actually but scored I was a little it. bit tipsy, yeah. to be honest. Uh, it was our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu night out, so ah. I'd had allowed myself a rare few beers and it was a little bit yeah. inebriated. Uh, I scored it for Lee. I gave him the first, second, and third, but there is a case for that. Mm-hmm. He was overtaken in the in the, the later rounds, and you can argue, you know, is that more important how you finish than how you start? But uh, could see how it went either way. I thought, like you've highlighted, he sort of run out of ideas and gas, you know, a minute or two into the fourth round. Um, I think his striking defense looked great throughout the whole fight. Like Iaquinta, no Lee. Lee. I thought he looked like stiff and just a bit rigid on the feet but I don't think there's a guy on the roster who needs the 165 pound division more than Kevin Lee because mm. I think he is killing himself to get the 55 because he is huge and he says allegedly he doesn't lift weights allegedly. apparently that's a yeah, that's yeah, an art of it he says he doesn't lift any yoga. weights he does a lot of yoga yeah, a lot of calisthenics bodyweight sure. exercises I'm not sure <laughs> I just genuinely don't know how some a human being can look like that guy no. uh, without any resistance activity. He is phenomenal. But I, I think phenomenal. He's a, yeah, I think I think the weight cut. Not making excuses for him, no. but uh, sounds like you are, bro. It's well, it's, it isn't. He chose to fight at mm. fifty five. That's entirely yeah. up to him. How far down your throat does that thing go? <laughs> Pretty far. <laughs> it's um, his rock hard abs. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, his manly but, shoulders. <laughs> but. Yeah, I just think that the the weight cut's killing me because he looked like a you know he looks like a monster for three rounds. Um, whether you know that is the reason, or like I said, he just ran out of ideas that he couldn't get rid of. Iaquinta or the or sort of Iaquinta once the cardio started to go was able to neutralize the threat of his wrestling. Yeah. Yes, and once think, that went, uh, yeah, once that went, he was just hanging on. Mm-hmm. So I, I base my view on I thought Kevin Lee would win. Um, I base my view on that on how he dismantled Barboza in the most clinical yeah. and brutal way I've ever seen and then when he got into the fourth round against Iaquinta that all went down the toilet but I do believe that was simply due to the fact that for 15 minutes it's going to be tough to beat Kevin Lee yeah. but above 15 minutes I don't think it's going to be that difficult I think you're right I think the difference is as well that you know with Barboza you know he's Brian Belt and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu so he's definitely going to be spindly enough mm. but this different level of wrestling like Ali Iaquinta is a fucking phenomenal wrestler like he's Defense really and, and, and also criminally underrated mm. um, I think that changes now this is a bit like I talked about my frustration and our frustration and I think you share it too mm. Andy um, in saying I've been saying for years that Tyson well not years but about a year that Tyson Fury would beat Anthony Joshua you've said the same you've said the same and nobody believed it everyone thought you were an idiot and then now after the Wilder fight everyone's like oh that's going to be a tough fight for you know Joshua Joshua. that's going to be a tough fight for whoever and I think that this is Ally Aquinta's coming out party in that way you know for, for some reason he was never held in the same regard even though like you know I think that I think that we learnt a lot about him from the Khabib fight uh, but the narrative was that it was the Khabib fight that you know it was Khabib performing poorly if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I never bought into that. No, and no, I, I, We no. discussed that, but I never bought into that. And Joe Rogan actually described Khabib 
in that fight is looking amateurish with his jab. And I was like, are you serious? Just forced him back You're, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, forced him back the whole time, landing jab after jab. In fact, there was one stage where he landed a triple jab and he's described as looking amateurish. I don't think that's ever going to happen. No. So I don't see how a guy at his level especially Khabib's level I mean that aside we'll probably come on to Khabib and Connor a bit later on but look what Khabib did to Connor yeah you know on yeah. the feet put Connor down I can't see that ever happening to, uh, to Reginald so no um, but uh, anything else to add on that fight no but I want to see Iaquinda versus Gaethje next <sighs> yes please oh what a fight. I, I think I couldn't have beat him. I think, I think he ices him. Mm. Yeah, I think he beats him. Yeah. I think that Gaethje's chin is getting... I mean, it's a guy that made it to to this... You know, look, very few people make it this far on just toughness alone. Gaethje could be one of them. He is immensely who, skilled. He's just, he is an incredible... No, here's the thing. Incredibly skilled wrestler. Mm. Not the most technically proficient striker, but doesn't use his wrestling. He's made it this far because he's been able to absorb so much damage to give the damage yeah. you know it's not because he's got excellent distance control and he hops in and out it's not because no. he's got great shot pick oh, or no. shot placement it's because he has enough grit to weather your storm whilst firing back the mm. entire time Le- leg kick as uh, well low leg, leg kicks. kicks especially from that short distance yeah because he throws them from from you know, that, that close yeah, like range almost like bent arm shot range hooking yeah. uh, an uppercut range yeah. and he's yeah. firing in horrible low yeah. leg kicks with what seems to be a ridiculous amount of force behind them yeah it, it is and, and very few guys have found a way to neutralise that yeah, yeah and I, even the guys that he's beat that have beaten him have had to eat a shit ton Dustin of Dustin Poirier scared me that day. Legs. Oh, mm. horrible, horrible. Um, speaking of which, he tweeted us, which was dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, uh, and we have news on a guest, hopefully, which we will announce. On, well, hopefully, the, 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 he'll be on the next podcast, so we'll we'll keep you posted on that social media. So, yes, that wraps up the uh, UFC Milwaukee recap, and we're on to the news. Well, that music, of course, indicates the time for the news, but on one piece of breaking news that we completely forgot to mention was we haven't even said what our drink of the week is this week. This isn't sponsored. This is just what we do every week now, Andy. And, uh, well, Andy, if you, I have you, noticed, you, you, yes. feel, you feel free to, to share what you're on. Slightly less hardcore it, than it, us. Yeah, I've gone fully hardcore, and I have a two-liter bottle of Evian. That it's my, a fine water it, choice, it, it, though. Listen, mm. See, to be honest with you, this probably this tastes exactly the same to me as I would imagine water from the Lagan. For any foreign listener, Lagan's a river in Northern Ireland. It's quite a big river. Um, but I, I, I genuinely can't tell the difference. My partner goes on about this all the time. The and difference I get, in water? Yes, and I get the specific, you better get me, Evian. And mm. I, literally, it could be anything. Right, so the only thing I can I can liken this to is, um, my, funnily enough, I had this exact conversation when I was shopping with the missus earlier. Because uh, she had to buy this special water that was marked down in price. And I was like, we bought a water filter so that we didn't yeah, have, to, you do don't this. have to do this. And I get it. Like, tap water, it can taste a wee bit funky. I do get that. But, like, I understand that it's fine. But uh, what I will say is, apparently it is just to do with the uh, the pH level. Yeah. So, I will say, Evian seems to have, like, a mild chalkiness, which I don't dislike. And, like, River Rock would be on the other end of the scale, which would almost be, like... Um, Salty, almost. I can honestly say I can never taste the difference. I've had my nose broken several times, well, which I would imagine is probably dulling my sort of taste sensation. But yeah. even then, I genuinely can't tell the difference. Mel, what are you on? I'm on a Rubicon 
fusion of pineapple oh, and coconut. That is ridiculously fancy. That is very middle class, isn't you? it? Yeah. It's, it's very middle class of you. It's an intriguing flavour. I'm not quite sure if I like it. Oh, okay. Well, coconut. Not great. So if we were but to be a drinks review channel, it would be. I'm not. I'm not settled on this yet. Five out of ten. Five oh. out of ten. Well, that's not great. I'm gonna give a nine out of ten to mine because mine is sugar free iron brew. Um, I prefer full sugar iron brew, but I am, as I said, a type one diabetic. So this will have to do, mm, and it is made. Slip you into a coma. To any of our foreign <laughs> listeners that don't know, iron brew is a Scottish drink made from garters and bits of. Kilt. Yeah, it tastes like Sparrow. carbonated rust. It, yeah, yeah, it tastes like beautiful. what would be strained through a Highlander sparring. My yeah. dad told me whenever he, so my dad used to be in the army years ago, and he was telling me that uh, the first time he ever had iron brew was when he was in Scotland, obviously um, with the army. And he said he got handed a glass bottle of this just mysterious orange liquid, and was like, "What is this?" And took one sip, and was just like, "This is the best thing I've ever drank." It's so horrible. People either love it or hate it, but mm-hmm. I absolutely love I'm it. I'm not a no not a fan of iron brew. No, I would definitely not want that anywhere near me. Well, it's a, I will drink. I, it all I would to I'd possibly go for some coconut and pineapple instead. Mm. That's well. It, well, not off the review, you would Well, no, but maybe not, actually, now, now that... You mean if you were window shopping? Yeah, if I was window gotcha. shopping, I would go for that, although I can't imagine coconut in a soft drink in that respect. Mm. Like a carbonated soft drink, kind of weird. It's the, an intriguing aftertaste. Mm. It looks like a very strange marriage of pineapple and coconut. How would yeah. they ever meet? I, I, to, I'll be honest Who with knows? you, I assumed when I bought that that it was just legitimate, regular old mango Rubicon. I do apologise for this. Hold on, my phone is now buzzing. I will have to put that on Ceylant. Right. On to the news. Um, Brian Ortega, uh, I sent you a picture of this last yeah. night, both of yeah. y'all in our group chat, and uh, he looks he looks like a regular human. I don't know what how anybody has that power of recovery. Drugs. I, wizardry? Voodoo? Could be. Could be all. Could be all of them. Um, Brian Ortega obviously got the absolute piss beaten out of him by Max mm. Holloway just over a week ago. And he seems to have pretty much fully recovered. Yeah, he has Wolverine genes. That's yeah. the answer. The st- it's literally the only feasible answer. Yeah. Uh, the only one that makes sense. Yeah. It, he no, looks unscathed. No rational, rational medical reasoning. Well, I, it's just not right. Speaking <laughs> of how he looks, he looks like Andre the Giant without gigantism. Yeah. Yeah, like a very small, Andre, like a mini me of Andre the Giant. Yeah. Imagine if Andre was still around. He looks like Andre the Giant's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that truly is horrifying <laughs> image. Like just, I'm just picturing him, but in like a wig, like and still the leotard. And all. Obviously, yeah. that's yeah. how I imagine one single yeah. strap yeah. leotard, single, single, yeah. sitting at the dinner table. Never oh, that is truly horrifying. In the high chair, in the high chair. Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Um, Cain Velasquez versus Engano, rumored heavily. Uh, apparently, all as good as confirmed. Thoughts on this fight? Thoughts on who's going to win? I will be betting my house on Velasquez. The house that you're just about to buy? Yep. So hopefully the builder's not listening. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I see Velasquez winning, but I don't think it's a good fight for either guy. I think it's a cruel to Kane as a comeback fight. I think that's like a big slap in the face to him. Who is he pissed off at UFC headquarters get that? Realistically, we saw what Ngannou did to Blades there recently, who's a similar style of fighting to Kane. I know he's nowhere near the class of Kane, but he follows that same mantra, that forward pressure, offensive wrestling. I'm also very worried that it's five rounds. Yeah, Ngannou's not lasting five rounds. But it's an extra 10 minutes he could catch Kahneman. Yeah, but it, it, it isn't going five rounds. There's no way it's going five no, rounds. No, no. I can see this looking like Kane Lesnar, you know. Yeah. Where he just absolutely destroys him. 
I yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I the the light the uh, the one I would like it to be when we were talking about it. Um, you said this as well, and it was like yes, that's exactly what it'd be the Stipe Lesnar or Stipe and Gano. Yeah, it looked like that, but even worse. Like, I, as in, yeah, I think Velasquez can do that better. It'll put an even higher pace on Ngannou and I, and be more offensive with his wrestling. Yeah, I think he puts Ngannou in his bag, he'll smash him to pieces within. A round, possibly a round. We don't even think know of if Ngannou's chinny yet because we've never really seen him get hit with anything. Kane, Kane doesn't. Stipe hit. cracked him, like. Yeah, Kane doesn't have that yeah. that scary power on the feet. Um, no, he just sort of overwhelms. I think it could look like. And I actually watched this fight uh, last night. Uh, just came across it, an old one of. Uh, do you remember what Kane did to Bigfoot Silva? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Kane's had some awful performances too. So he, he could, you know, depending on what Kane turns up, and we know he suffers from a back injury. This isn't one of those sort of myths. Oh, does he have a back injury, or is he just not interested? Yeah. There was the WWE rumors there a long mm-hmm. time ago, but I do think that if he's suffering from a back injury and he's having a poor performance, and it might look like the Verdun fight, yeah, yeah. that's not great. Um, I think that he's capable of, of a performance like Bigfoot, and he's capable of a Verdun if he falls in between the middle. In here, he falls somewhere yeah. in the See, in the middle time of this. He was back was Travis Brown. Travis and Brown he annihilated yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Josh Thompson has said though that uh, he's been ready for a while. It's the UFC's been keeping him out, mm-hmm. just haven't booked him. But he's actually been fit and cleared to fight for the guts of a year. Yeah. I just wonder what the. I wonder if that is just maybe to do with DC. They don't want maybe maybe just don't want to muddy the waters with DC. Mm. They've maybe got a clear plan in mind for heavyweight. Like it would be hard to imagine it being personal unless they're genuinely just pissed off that he has been injured for what seems like an eternity. Yeah. I, I suppose you kind of he's too good not to book, but at the same time you don't want to rely on him in your rankings. Like if I was running the UFC, I'd be very hesitant. To give him a big, to give him a big, you know, a, a main, event, main event slot or a title fight or even, you know, have, if he won the belt mm. and then is on the shelf for a year and a half or something. So yeah, what happens with the belt? Yeah, you know what happens then? The, the, the division just lies in this odd limbo. Yeah, it'll lie in a weird limbo now too. I think if, say, for sake of argument, uh, DC just decides not screw one more four fights, and yes, he would give him another four fights yeah. easy. 100%. So then what happens? Kane comes back. And then there's this odd limbo. Does you know DC all but end up, has been stripped of his light heavyweight? So yeah, I don't know. It'll mm. end up like uh, Wilderweight at AK a while ago, where mm. they're all like Fitch and Koshek and Swick. They were all training together, but then couldn't compete against couldn't one compete yeah. against yeah. each other. But they're all stacked in the rankings. Right, they mm. refuse to fight against each other, but we want to you know continue to uh, yeah, you, to train you, together you and got to move it hold forward. Up the rankings. Um, Dominic Cruz obviously out against John Lineker with injury. Real shame, John. Like good and bad. Good and bad because as Dominic Cruz fans, John Lineker, I think, misses mm-hmm. him. Um, quickly, what happened with his injury was he threw a right hand in sparring, felt a pop in his shoulder, his right hand went numb, and uh, apparently he has done two of the major tendons in his shoulder. Now, here is the first question: Could Cruz have been the greatest of all time had he not been so unfortunate with injuries? Oh, I think he's still in the discussion mm. despite the injuries. He'd definitely be in a discussion, but I think injuries have destroyed his chances of actually yeah. being there yeah. at number yeah. one. He'll be definitely in the top five, but I think that yeah. number one spot is unfortunately out of his grasp. I think another injury, like how many more do you need before, you know, this is the universe telling you this is not for you. You're an exceptional analyst. Again, I go back to saying I can't tell a grown man not to fight in his pants, 
But what I'm saying is, don't no more fighting in your pants. It's not yeah. meant for you. Your knees have blown to shreds. Your shoulder is damaged. You're permanently injured. This is a nut. This is a long rehab. This will be a surgical repair. There's no two ways around that. Sounds like so. It. When you, another year out of the game, what's he gonna do? A year out of the game, you're a year behind what's trending. I don't like using that term. Because no, some no, internet. He'll also yeah. be 35. Yeah. If, if if that's if this goes. To well, plan and comes back. Yeah, but his schedule. last in, his last injury didn't go to plan because yeah. his knee. I think it was a cadaver repair he had in his uh, knee. Was, he rejected it. He rejected it but yeah. again because he was training when he shouldn't have been training. So he is one of those people. As we all are, we all are in that same boat. Don't get me wrong. Like you guys will do the same. You'll, I know about your neck injury. Mm-hmm. I've got a terrible shoulder injury, back injury. You've had your hand injuries, leg injury. Everybody will train through injury, but there's a time when it just the you diminishing can't. return. I think go, especially like, at bantamweight and being 35, and, a ge- and his, his entire game is unorthodox movement and mobility, and being you know this once that speed goes. At the lower weight classes, you're kind of in trouble. You're definitely. I mean, could you see him coming back and facing the likes of Dillashaw? Or no, like I, that, I or, think you know, I would have liked to have seen him go out after the Faber third fight. Yeah, um, him against Garbrandt was a touch depressing. It was tough to watch. In yeah, points. Low, great fight say, though. Great fight. I was going to say, and well done to Cody, Cody Garbrandt for war winning that. Figured it out. But he figured like, him. Out. I think him coming back and beating Dillashaw for the belt and then defending it against you know long-time rival was you know the perfect end yes. to mm-hmm. the story yeah. um, and I wouldn't like to see him come back and like I don't want to see him fight TJ again because I think I don't think there's a story behind it now I just, no no yeah, I just there's not TJ TJ has been active and, and he's progressing moved on. and moving on and, and like, not in that the story was really the alpha male yeah. you know yes. that whole rivalry. rivalry between which uh, ultimately cr- comes back to what Mel was saying about yeah. Uriah Faber exactly the story just wrapped ended. it all up he, yeah. Mel's, you're 100% right Mel he should have just wrapped it up then and yeah because it almost it. tied up the loose end that wasn't yep. Cody's to tie up mm-hmm. you know like yeah. and it put, a, it put the completely wrong bow on the story you know the story was done yeah, yeah. yeah. completely fair um, Nick Diaz seems to be fucking about um, as usual apart, well yeah nothing new there um, he's basically do you know what he is he is He's like an Instagram vegan. You know, it's all about hashtags and, yeah. and you know, Snapchat I've, I've and filters. For the, and For the last year to two years, I don't give a shit about seeing him fighting mm. because he's... Well, we'll get into it in a second about the, the Masvidal fight and whether that's actually happening. But if it was, he should be in camp now. And as usual, like all you see is a Snapchat of him partying up in Vegas all night every so night he's basically said that he's come out and said he's, he hasn't accepted any fight which is contrary to what Dana said contrary to what Masvidal I believe has mm. said um, and yeah I think it's Masvidal it's this and I really don't like the way the UFC does this where they announce fights before they're signed in a bid to pressure fighters in the agreeing terms yeah although see to be honest with you I think they're trying to do anything to get Diaz done. I, I yeah. think he's like a thorn in the UFC side now, and it's time for him to shit bring it off contract, the pot. Yeah, I would just, I would, if I was the UFC, cut ties with him. Buy him I, out, get rid of him. I don't think he's the draw he was anymore. And if he really wants to fight, Scott Coker will love to work with him again. And well, he did go on and say, Scott Coker, yes. come and get me. Yeah. I think was what he said. I mean, so if he wants to fight. That sounds like he'd like to actually fight there. I genuinely don't believe he wants to fight anymore. Oh, no, not at all. I don't all. think he wants it. He likes talking shit about fighting, but if he really wanted to fight, he would be fighting. You know, all yeah. this, as you say, like his Snapchat, like a, fi- like a 15-year-old girl in some shitty nightclub somewhere. That's not That's the life thing. of like, a fighter. I have, I have no problem you know, with him not fighting, but you just got to stop yeah, talking about stop it. Yeah, stop talking pish. Like, this week it was, uh, it's a uh, slap, 
Tyron Woodley about. Really? Like, Tyron Woodley would absolutely yeah, iron him out. It wouldn't even be... It would be one of the most brutal one-sided beats yeah. you're ever going to see. But, like, it's... it's they Also, there's a level of delusion there that you haven't won a fight since 2011 <laughs> and you want to talk yourself into a yeah. title fight. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, worth it. That I think a lot of that also is probably stemmed from the fact that he's Nate Diaz's brother. You know, and he thinks Nate's, that... Nate's he, getting pretty close to... the. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. But what I'm saying is that you know he obviously sees his brother being somewhat of a superstar off the back of Connor and kind of going, oh well, I'm still in the same. I was like, no, no, you were still in the same when you fought Akipono. You know, yeah, he's not, not relevant not, anymore. You're not. He's not relevant anymore. At you're all. not relevant at all. And see, in all honesty, I think Nate is in that category now too. I know I think they have some yep. weed business that's doing really well and they're probably earning millions and millions of dollars. You know what? Stop talking about fighting. Not Aki Bono. Sorry. You, I was about to say, uh, it sumo was... Uh, it's just Don Gomi. 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 Slightly different. Very different. <laughs> Although you wouldn't put it past pride to make him fight no, a 400 no, pound sumo wrestler. You would not. Know, like, not. You know, that, that organisation. pride sometimes. But, yeah. Yes. It's one of, like, it, I can imagine pride was basically what it would be like to be like Pablo Escobar when you can go like bring me a rhino and make it fight a giraffe yeah. to the death <laughs> now and I want the giraffe wearing boxing gloves yeah. and somebody would do that yeah, so you know yeah, okay, that. so I think that's what pride reminded me of in a weird way but I think Diaz brothers are now in that in that category for me but yep. I genuinely don't care the only fight that makes sense again if you want to do it which I really I don't, I don't want to see Connor again I don't want to see any of his pishy antics but the Nate Connor or Mel, you suggested Nick Connor, which I actually yeah. think yep. could work. Yeah. But again, I think Connor beats them both. Are, and yeah. that's I think those only sell because of Connor, though. You know, it's just it's putting a mouthpiece with a bit of a cult following up against Connor. I don't like I said uh, before we started. I would like to have actually seen how Nate versus Dustin Poirier would have sold. Um, because that might have shattered the illusion that, it, it, that Diaz a big, is, is a big draw. They're not, they're not a big draw, and they need they need a foil. You yeah. know, Nick's foil for a long time is Anderson, but the two of them couldn't pass a fucking drug test oh, anytime soon. Um, Connor's foil, or sorry, Nate's foil was Connor. They just gelled really, really well together, and their fight record is garbage. Like Nick's yeah. fight record, especially, is total garbage. So I mean, do they justify their their high stand? No, they don't. Maybe if they went to a different organization, you go to Bellator, like a lot of guys have done. You can reinvent yourself, but fight especially record is fight record. If you're so, the UFC, considering the amount of money you're gonna have to pay Nate, yeah. to get him in there now, mm-hmm. because what he earns. Two or three million. Something last crazy time like out, that. Yeah. You know, he's just not worth the return. He's um, really not. Saying that, if he came back, was training hard, and was active, well, you I'd be I'd be invested. Yeah, but until yeah. then, it's just you know, it's lip I, service. I genuinely don't care about either one of them. No, no me neither. No. Um, the last piece of news this year, someone that I actually do care about, and and considering his age, arguably one of the the more exciting prospects, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley set to return in June or July of next year. Now, obviously, to those who don't know. Big fuck you to Usada. Um, yeah. I, I I've been saying this for a while. Um, you know he got busted for trace amounts of Austrian, right? Yeah. But the thing is, he's another guy that they've proved it was a tainted supplement. You know, mm-hmm. see, see to me, see the second that Usada come out and go, it was a tainted supplement. It should be the next sentence out of their fucking mouth. Sorry. Should be, sorry for all the hassle. Go back to your job now. Yeah. Earn money to supply for your family. Not even you, know? that. you should be. 
compensated for loss of earnings. For loss of earnings. Yeah. So look at Josh Barnett. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the, the issue that I have is I am very, very con- confused as to where the justification for, yes, no, no, we understand. Yes, that was a tainted supplement. So you're out for six months. Yeah. You're out for a it's year. It's like they've, they've taken a, an easy win. You know, yeah. it's... It's not even a win. No, I don't think it's a win. I don't even think it's a draw. I think no. he's sad or losing out. No, well, they're, they're, they're fucking fighters and they're fucking the fans. Well, seriously, the UFC is a massive organisation. A billion, billions, 50 billion or something that cost the WME, ING to buy them, wasn't it? Yep. So, I mean, they can start their own testing agency. What do they need USADA for? They are using uh, USADA, which is testing for the Olympics, which is US anti-doping agency. The, the substance that he tested positive for was a substance called Austrian, which is actually not a steroid. It's a no. SARM, so it's a selective androgenic modulation or which mimics a steroid in the body, so it's not. Oh, actually everyone knows that, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Blah, 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 well, blah, 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 now blah. that you don't know, uh, they're worth googling. Actually, they're called SARMs, um, and one of the tested positive for was Osterine. But again, it's a trace amount found in a tainted supplement. So, as you're rightly saying, there needs to be something in place. And you know, you started losing credibility. Guess what? I think they lost one of Lesnar's samples. I saw that, saw and this. they wrote it oh, off as a glitch. Oh it's dear! Like, yeah, really? Brock yeah. Lesnar. The shirt didn't just melt the fucking pot. Like it's sitting in that fridge. They just I, come back to it. And there's just uh, nothing there except like burnt plastic. I like to believe that it was lost. <laughs> Bollocks! Was fucking robbed by sable in the it's dark clean, of night. Yeah. It's uh, just clean my titties. Yeah, like, that is ridiculous. So you can understand why DC says, "Don't call at my door anymore." I've never, t- I've been tested hundreds of times. Don't call at my door anymore. When you're losing Lesnar samples, you're banning guys for tainted supplements that they've yeah. brought to you. You've tested. Yes, that substance is in it. You've been taking it. Yes, it was approved before, yeah. but now we fucked yeah. it up. Can we all just Where's agree credibility? that USADA has been a failure? Like, was, the, was um, MMA, well, not MMA, UFC better before? Yes, it was. And USADA, I'll give you one better. Has that. it saved anybody from catastrophic Max injury? Max Kellerman came out yesterday, of all people, sticking his nose in this, saying USADA's cropped. I mean, kind of felt like going, you're even boxing, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you not a boxing dude? Why don't you just stay in your lane and worry about, um, I don't know, how about all the different types of corruption, <laughs> oh. whether it's money laundering, criminal connections, uh, per judging, fixed per fights, judging. rigged judging, you yeah. know, uh, rigged ring sizes, you name it. Like, it's like, I think that, you you know, pot calling the kettle black here. But what I will say is, USADA, I think the issue with them is that when you have somebody that is trying to um, work in and party with an organization like the UFC, it ultimately comes down to what the UFC want because we, we, we got that proved to us by UFC 200. Well, the big so, selling point was that it was about fighter safety. And it's, yeah, and that's my point is that, you know, we we now know that it's not. It's a bit like the war on drugs. It's like, can you all just work. declare it over? And yeah. also, yeah. Uh, Luke Thomas said something again interesting and look at me spouting Luke Thomas first time ever. Um, and it'll be the last, I'll tell you that. Second. Um the uh, the thing that he was saying yesterday was like it's like with the steroid thing it's like we need to just accept that like you know it it, it hasn't worked and it's not mm-hmm. it's not better it's not worse and he's not saying you know oh I'm pro steroids or whatever it's just it's it's not the way that we're handling it isn't working so we need no, to find there's a different approach. that's why I think something like the UFC can set up their own testing pool and allow guys to be in it permanently not you enter into it for a period of time you are out of it for a period of time because you said you're retired do a Lesnar go away fill yourself a gear come back with all the gains and still fight again free and in inverted commas of steroids which is a little bollocks so I mean the fact that they their credibility is so badly tainted now that I don't think anything that they say can be taken with no. any sort no. of credibility. credibility now that doesn't have a lot of gravity 
especially losing a sample from Brock Lesnar. Right. Like it's not like losing a sample from DC. I've lost one of DC samples. <laughs> yeah, he well, clearly doesn't. Clean. Yeah, you know, you you look at the guy. You know, he's not taking gear. You look at Brock Lesnar. He looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, he, he looks does. like He Man. Basically, he does. He does. Yeah, he's like, like it, something that you carved out of a like mountain. Yeah. the world's most dangerous Milky Bar kid. That yes. is true. It's like if the Milky Bar don't kid take was, that guy's Milky Bar. Yeah, if the Milky Boy, Milky Boy, Milky Bar the kid Milky was Boy. made in a uh, in a lab. Yeah, yeah, and the Milky Bar was actually just steroids. Yeah, it yeah. was just Andrew steroid bar. Straight into it. Um, that wraps up our news for this week, and uh, we are about to get onto something much bigger and much better with our a. Well, it'll be our yearly awards show, so the Super let's Rad Awards get going. So it is time for our yearly award show, our very first, however, it is our annual one. But before that, a quick update on the drink of the podcast. I am drinking a drink called Sparkling Yoga Bunny, which mm. I should have known from the name. Yeah. Weren't going to be great. It smells like piss, like literally. Looks like piss. And Andy, you raised the point, which is this is something that we would only do in Northern Ireland because I offered mm. it instantly to all of you yeah. to have a sniff and then yeah. to Mel to have a drink to confirm he... Grease, it is not green. No. I will drink it anyway because it's I'm like thirsty. But slur mixed with blended fresh cut grass. That's oh, shit. <laughs> since I since you said fermented slur, Andy, I can't get it out of my head. Is now. slur a Northern Irish thing? I don't think, I don't so. think so. But it, 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 it's, I, can't, I remember being away UK, was last yeah. Christmas and saying slur, and they looked yeah, at me like I had two heads. Yeah. Although maybe, it is. maybe maybe you were just drunk on yeah. I'm going to have to find out now, is slur. Only. Schler. No, it can't be. It has to be other places because okay. it's amazing. Sure, slur worldwide. wonder if that's a thing. Hmm. Wait, no, British superstore sell it. There you go. So okay. it is British. Um, presumably, to anyone outside of Britain, slur, if you don't have it, is like a sparkling it's a non-alcoholic sparkling wine essentially but like a bit fruitier so it's like a fizzy it's not I wouldn't go as far as to say soda because it's not no it's like a sparkling it's actually quite pleasant I wish I I bought Schler instead of this you have it you have it at your grand's for Sunday dinner Mm. or Christmas 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 is the only time I have it it's the only time you see it Schler is like the salvation army of drinks Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you only ever see them at Christmas see it at the holidays. And you, like in June I'm never going to see somebody no, no, in Salvation Army in likewise I'm not going to go and get a slur I wonder what it's not a great word in our accent no Is slur. It slur 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 no. I wonder could you make a good alcoholic beverage from it like as in I don't mean like slur alcoholic I mean vodka and slur would that be a thing that could we make it you could try that let's make a Christmas cocktail called like Santa's Something. <laughs> Santa's, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Santa's bitches. The cocktail. Um, 
But uh, yes, we're here to talk about the award show. Uh, we have, well, we're about to. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, a number of different categories and we're going to discuss our nominations for them. If uh, if two people nominate one for uh, one of the categories, it will automatically be the winner. Uh, and if, if there's even one topic where the three of us disagree, well, we're going to have to... Well, Fight, fight to the death mm-hmm. um, verbally of course because Andy would win otherwise um, so first of all let's talk about one of the more light hearted ones with beard of the year oh, beard of the year so Mel let's start with you as a bearded gentleman um, I can't start myself because I'm sort of trying to steer this ship uh, Andy you don't have a beard don't so beard. I can't let you start with this one I'm afraid Mel as the bearded man of the year or not the bearded man of the year as the bearded man in the room First Give. of all, the greatest beard ever on every year. Alessio Sakara. No. Andre Arlovsky. Oh. It's but, just a perennial contender, but it's no, not. No, that's, that's, but this year, I'm going to make an exception. I'm going with the champ, Tyron Woodley. Ooh. Well, I can see. Is it not a bit too groomed? It's, no, it's very proper. It's a, a very proper. Manicured. It's a TV beard. It, it's a it's a fox desk beard. It is. He doesn't look out of place in the cage or behind the desk. That's a versatile beard. Dense, well trimmed. It's not something that basically, a, like a creature could nest in. No, and that's what I I automatically view what a, what a beard should be. Yeah. You know, like something that wouldn't look out of place crossing the channel in like a longboat, like a Roy Nelson. Like, a, well, Ooh. strangely, mm. Nelson is on my list. It's a solid beard. Um, the, that's more the wild man look, and I don't yeah. hate it at all. I well, think that's, that's, that's why I've gone versatile this mm-hmm. year because Roy behind a desk. I think he's a class. Uh, yeah, it looks uh, in good. A suit, a suit with the big old beard, mm-hmm. just not not as pro. We have like a squirrel or something. Uh, but like we were we literally complained earlier on about the fox desk and how everything is just so perfect. Yeah, it is. Nelson. Tyron Woodley perfect. is on the bloody fox desk. Yep. Perfect being the word. His beard. His be- yes, it's perfect. very. It is a fox desk beard. So as the best trimmed, manicured, dense, coloured. Do you beautiful. have an honourable mention? It would have been Andre Arlovsky. Okay. Oh. That's a, no, that's a good honourable mention. I'll give you that. It's um, always there. Andy, who you got for beard? What I have year? here is I have beards in descending order from five to one. Wow, okay. You've got I, I just, really just gone deep here. Just for those who can't see, Andy has what could only be described as the scribblings of a madman in front of him. <laughs> the, these scribblings... <laughs> Which yes. he sent us at two o'clock yeah. in the morning. <laughs> these, these scribblings were compiled while I was watching a documentary on David Icke. I was fashioning a tinfoil hat at exactly the same time. Yeah. So you can imagine <laughs> these like are... Rain Man's notes. Pre- yes, pretty much. Actually, you can see the page and all's ripped yep. like a nutcase. So, so the best beard I've gone for... Number five, we have agreed on Roy Nelson. Okay. Excellent yes. beard. Yep. Yep. Number four, Woodley, simply because of its yeah. it's yep. it, it's too manicured for me. Yeah, me okay. too. Number three, Mike Beltran. Oh okay. That's now, a fine that choice. is an immense beard. Yeah, it is. Mm. But he falls down because he doesn't he, he goes easy top but then he starts to like completely plat it. Yeah. yeah. And I understand why too... it's too much. Number two, I have gone for David Rickles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caveman. Okay. Caveman. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Perfect name, but number one for me has to be Justin Wren. Oh, I didn't Viking. consider no, Justin Wren. Has I didn't to be number consider one. Justin Wren, and I should have. I am very much enjoying that pick. Now, the, here's where mine mine is complicated because you can't give it to him. I'd be <sighs> Travis Brown. 
But you can't give it to him because he also perennially year. holds Woman Beater of the Year. So you can't give no, him the he, award. Travis Brown definitely, yes. can't give it Domestic to him. Abuser of but, the Year. Mm. Domestic Abuser of the Year, <laughs> I love it. I love it because that means that men or women can <laughs> yeah. take See, that's I, what, I, I, I want to be like non-binary abuser. No, so Instead of Wife Beater of the Year, Domestic Abuser of the Year. We're very progressive in our thinking here. Do you know what? I think I'm going to have to side with you, Andy. And unfortunately, in this instance, because the order of things, it will be me helping make the uh, the call here. I think the big pygmy has to get it. I like I'd, Justin Rand's beard. I, mm-hmm. I had forgotten about him, but he is a man I can happily support. Mm-hmm. Arlovsky was on mine as the honourable mention, so mm-hmm. I could see merit in going for him mm-hmm. with this. But I just think that he just has, as I said, it's like the perennial contender. It's like... The average man, but it's the everyman beard. It's the workhorse beard. There's nothing with wrong beard. with that. It's not a hipster beard no. by any stretch no, of no. imagination. It's just a good old beard. It's no. a good old Russian man. Justin Reynolds, yeah. Justin Reynolds is just terrific. He, he yeah. look, uh, look like he's just you know climbed out of a longboat or stumbled out of a forest. Exactly. And as a man that does wonderful things for charity. Proud recipient, like who better for us to to give the, exactly. the honor of a super rad MMA award? The very first. Yeah. Uh, to the wonderful Justin Rand, big pygmy. Total sense to me. Congratulations. Um, there will be even hotter competition next year. I have no doubt. Um, so yeah. Now, this one is a little bit more, perhaps negative. Worst fight of the year. Now, there have been a number of pure wild stinkers this year. A number of them. Um, but. I, I worry that we all will have the exact same fight. I think this is probably yeah, going to be the easiest is, one on easy the list. Pick, really. um, Andy, you go first this time and I, run us through your honourable mentions if you have them yes, or again, just your number what one. What I've do- done is I've gone descending order from okay. five to one. The most recent one is Hunt Justin Willis. That was absolutely appalling. That was terrible. That was terrible. Although I hardly watched it because it was on at the Tyson Fury. Yeah. yeah. Fight. And I didn't think that helped, but it was an no, appalling. But fight. it was terrible. Um, number four, I have Till and Woodley. Mm. Yeah, um, I thought simply controversial. Oh, sorry, Till and Wonderboy. Wonderboy. Sorry, Till and Wonderboy. Also oh. controversial. Uh, I thought it was just really one or boring. two. Uh, sorry, they. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of Till. They fought twice. No, no Till and, and sorry, Woodley no, I meant to say uh, Till. They fought twice. Who? Woodley and Wonderboy. Wonderboy. Oh, over Till, Till and Wonderboy in Two, Liverpool. Then, yeah. It was a full-on snorefest. Yes, you can look at it from a yeah. good perspective, but it didn't come alive. Oh, you take the crowd out of that. Yeah, take the crowd out of that, and it's Justin Willis, Mark Hunt. Um, number three is Fitch and Daly. Yep. Yeah, wasn't really really awful fight. Um, number two, Tito and Chuck. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Should never happen. No. Number one, and this this goes with a massive gold star for these guys yeah. making such an absolute stinker of a fight is Ngannou and Derek Lewis. Yeah, yeah, can yeah. agree. Um, Mel, what about you? Have you any honourable mentions? I have three, and I couldn't quite decide which one was the shittest. Um, so it was just whichever has the most crossover with mm. your pick. So in no particular order, I have Derek Lewis versus Ngannou for mm. uh, 15 minutes of literal nothing. nothing. Uh, then I have Chuck versus Tito 3 for... Uh, just depressing the world. It's pretty damn depressing. Yeah. Yep. And uh, nobody did particularly well, even financially, out of it, from what I gather. Nope. So, no benefit. And last, but certainly not least, CM Punk versus Michael Jackson. Oh, that was a great fight, that, though. 
that like, was a third fight. I don't think so. Watching him get the absolute piss beat out of him did not bore me in the slightest. Nah, because he didn't get beaten up bad enough. Mm. For and in fact, he lasted a distance. Well, so yeah. 15 I minutes, more about 15 his minutes of... I don't even know how to describe there was no, it. I think it, it, I understand what you mean. No, Uncoordinated, but think, untrained, unathletic nonsense. I know, but I, but I, fair enough. I just used slightly different criteria. I understand what you mean in terms of like a terrible fight more in matchmaking than in practice because the fight was entertaining. Was it? Yeah, I think mm. so. I think it, I think there was a lot of action in that fight. So I I personally disagree with that. I do understand why you've put it on there, but I think your issue there is more with the matchmaking slash letting CM Punk into the UFC mm. than it actually it's, is with the performance of Mike Jackson in that fight. Because if that was my, an amateur my, fight, my, that would have been a great fight. No, you know what I, I mean? don't even think it would. My criteria was that it was the lowest standard of professional fighting. It's a very low standard. It's a very low standard. A really I'm not poor standard. That. Like you have a photographer and an ex-pro wrestler. Yeah. yeah, Really terrible. It was and, a shit fight. And a not very good photographer. And yeah. Then, well, a successful, like a phenomenal but an average pro, wrestler. Phenomenal pro wrestler. Technically not that not, not that gifted, but yes, he the, crossed that barrier yeah. due to his persona. He yeah. he wasn't as talented as other. We're going to no, win not a pro wrestling podcast, but it wasn't as talented as, as some of the guys you're going to see now. Yeah, but you're looking at somebody there who really was the first guy to to blast his persona Fair. out there with the mic. So um, it's fantastic in that way. I had so I have three. Um, one. Well, this is technically not three because it's, well, you'll see in a minute. I had Fitch and Daly, um, which I thought was an absolute snore fest. Um, I agree with Paul Daly on that one. Mm. Um, yeah. I had Nganu Lewis, which I think is going to be the clear winner here. Yeah. So it's by, mm-hmm. by, it had this by Country Mile. My third, any Gianvolante fight. Oh. Ever, but obviously in this, this year. year. So oh, I know. that that was there were, there were a pile of them this year. There as were well. and, and particularly boring all of them. Sam Alvey and him Sam Alvey particularly boring. Story. Like yeah. uh, you know, so I think that Gian Volante is like again, like we talked about Arlovsky's beard. I it's think like a, he's, he's a should, perennial he's, contender. He should for get it. a big pile of shite lifetime <laughs> achievement award. <laughs> big pile of turd. Yeah, the big turd award. How are you going to ship it to him though? Um, well, we won't. We'll, we'll source it locally to him. Oh, yeah. yes. Get, get him to come and collect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can come and collect it. Just, just like a, excuse me. A parcel was attempted to be delivered today. Can you come and pick it up at the depot? And it's just a big pile of shite. Yeah. Um, I think that the worst fight of the year, it of course, has to go to Ngannou and Lewis um, by yeah. a country mile. So. Can agree with that. So, congratulations, gentlemen. Try a bit harder next time. Yes, uh, do indeed try a bit harder. Like pretty much um, like all of my school reports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, did okay. Must try a little. Oh no, bit it was just just try harder. There was no okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> w- would be okay if tried harder. Mm. Um, so the next one is actually a little more positive than the one that we've just discussed, which is the best prospect of the year. Now there are a number of ways that we could look at this. The way I sort of classified it myself, and we, it's okay if we all have different criteria. That's fine. Um. The way I looked at this myself was anyone outside of the top 15, you could classify as prospect. Ah, okay. So it doesn't necessarily necess- have to be. Now, I'm not saying that my way is the right way. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. We will discuss all of the options and see. But the way that I tried to think about it was anybody outside of the top 15, because a prospect could come from Bellator, you know, but, yeah. but as yeah. maybe five years left in their career yeah. or two years left in their career. So, uh, Mel, you go first then this time. I have three. Okay. Uh, I have Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously being on a tear. Still, is he unbeaten? Yes, in the UFC. Yeah, anyway. in the UFC anyway. I have Tatiana Suarez. Yep. Who looks like an absolute monster. And finally, and I think my overall pick is Aaron Pico. Oh, okay. Looks okay like, nice. Who looks like he could, if he keeps progressing, be on track to be one of the scariest dudes ever. Yeah, I agree with you on Pico. Um, he's someone I didn't, I didn't actually consider um, purely because I think at this stage he's perhaps past prospect, even mm. though he's so young. Um, so for my from my own list, I left him out. Mm. But you're, I, in saying that, I can't really see why because it's like pick. well, he's like what twenty two or something. It's a fantastic like, yeah. pick. You know, it's a, it's a really really solid mm-hmm. pick. Um, Andy, who have you got for best prospect? What I've done is again, we've probably maybe should have really spoken about this before. <laughs> my uh, prospect, I've actually gone for prospect slash breakout of the year. Either yep. fine. somebody yeah, who's like thing. Yep, who sprung thing. who isn't necessarily you know people that you would. You might see them on cards. You do see That's some kind of these of guys on cards. Yep. Um, I've gone for number five, which is Darren Till. He's only fought a couple of times, yep. but we've seen Darren yeah, Till yeah. has literally just not not literally exploded. We have an absolute mess, but he has this exploded onto the scene. Yeah. Yep. This was his big year. Yeah, yep. uh, the same as number four, which is Kamar Usman. He's really come out of his shell this year. Yep. And you've seen him now. Super dominant. Yeah. yeah yep. Looking yeah. like a proper yep. title contender. So it's a breakout year for Usman. Number three is Colby again. Yeah, breakout. And and my notes here say for being such a cock. It's essentially so what he that, is, with his but he's got himself yeah. to be where he is by being an ultra, an uber cock, if you want. Yeah, yeah. And you know, his and rant. I do, I do want an uber yes. cock. Yes, <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, a Franken cock, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is like all his. Trump rambling not that I give a shit who's president of America um, all his Trump ramblings his madness his social media has sent him to higher paid fights he's literally now got a bit of a following he destroyed Los Angeles a crack and finish and now uh, to the, obviously the whole fight he destroyed him and now what we're looking at is him being a perennial contender he will fight with yep. and I will hope Woodley will smash his teeth down his throat but oh he will uh, then number two I have this is a proper prospect is Aspen Ladd oh yes yes, yes that's yep. a solid she solid is choice. utterly terrifying she's, yeah she's utterly great. terrifying yeah and number one Paulo Costa oh okay yeah. someone I didn't actually consider but yeah. again I don't know why um, should we do a breakthrough fighter of the year just on the fly here mm-hmm. yeah we could do I think that the breakthrough fighter of the year um, is probably yeah because they are almost the two different well, well I'm inclined to agree with Andy and as much as I dislike the man, mm-hmm. Covington, yeah, he's got to be or Usman. A year, either, a year ago, I think Usman as well. Though, if you were to put Covington and Usman on the same show, you're going to watch Covington every time. You're not mm. going to watch it. Usman's a cracking fighter, amazing physique, amazing temperament, f- phenomenally skilled. I think the fact but, Covington just edges it for me because he talked himself. Fair enough, it wasn't the undisputed title, but he did talk himself into a title shot which he won yeah. so he has won gold this year from yeah. being essentially a relative nobody and last the, year and the thing is that his breakthrough fight with I think was actually the one with RDA yeah I think that yeah. was the one that like really made that like everyone go oh sh- okay oh yeah, shit big, yeah, big year for Wilderness good mm-hmm. massive year uh, do you know what I am I think we'll award Colby the breakthrough fighter of the year um, mm. I think we have to off the back of that um, prospect wise um, mine was I had Tatiana Suarez um, I had Zabit Magomed Shapirov yeah. and then I had Nasrat Hakprast oh he's very yeah, very good who well. I, I obviously yeah. I would like to have seen him fight once more to try mm. and really cement that but mm. he's had two pretty dominant wins um, has looked absolutely fantastic and is only 23 tri-star guy training right 
mm. you know, doing everything right. Um, I think by default there was more votes for Zabit. Yeah. So I yeah. think we have probably gonna have to give Zabit the the prospect of the year. Um, but I think Andy, you you hit the nail on the head. And um, we've actually we'll give you one better than that. You might not have picked the best prospect, but you've created a new award. A new which from now on, check this, the right? Andy Burrows Breakthrough the, of the correct, Year. Correct, the Andy Burrows Breakthrough Fighter of the Year Award. It's going to be brilliant, but if I say we should send him a giant golden dick. No, we should. I yeah. think he'd like it. I think he'd like the big golden yeah. dick. I would like to see him announce that on social media. I'd like to see a video of him. Accepting with, the like, award. Yes, accepting the award, you know, with the pool in the background, the chicks in the pool. Unfortunately, no, just, due to budget constraints, we're going to have to spray paint the dildo. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fine. I'm sure yeah. you're going to go with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, the best submission of the year. Um, this one was actually really fun um, to try and pick because I was trolling through a whole bunch of ones that came came to my memory, and uh, and what a couple of them actually that I'd forgotten about. Um, Andy, if you want to go ahead and take us through your your list of yes, my you the most, so we'll get you through your scrolling <laughs> first. Scribble list like a lunatic. <laughs> Honorable mention goes to Ortega Swanson. Okay, okay, oh, yep. yep. Crack and at number five, I have the Bear Jew Paul Creek, a very odd, odd nickname versus Ankalev, which was yes, the triangle the last, the last the triangle. second. Yep. That's actually my honourable yeah, mention. That was it, the Same. last second. Yep. Um, number four is a weird one. Okay, so it is a submission. It was Ayala and Mayer there at the weekend. Yes. Okay, so the, it is a submission and it is a tap. Yep. But it comes from such a horrible, injury. horrible oh. injury. And I saw Frank Mayer. I'm not the biggest Frank Mir fan, but I saw a lot of people giving him a lot of shit online. Oh, you tapped the strikes, you tapped the strikes. Oh, good lord. It no. was uh, a bone ridge. called... No, yeah, it's called the alveolar Avi- bone. Avi- so if anybody's listening and you want to try this at home, it's just like an interactive thing. What <laughs> I want you to do is take your tongue and press it above your teeth and in, in behind your upper front teeth and press it into that. That is what your alveolar bone is. So he has fractured that. Oh, and you could actually see him in the fight trying to pull at his teeth. Yeah. He said he was trying to take his teeth out to continue the fight. And then he felt that portion of his face move and he knew it was over. So anybody oh. who gives him a lot of shit, do you really, that, if you press your tongue into that, you see how tough that bony process is. That's what oh. he broke. How so, do you even, is it from a shunt up? It was up an elbow? Into, yeah, I think but, it was but, an but elbow. Is it, is, it, is it from a side-on impact or is it from your bottom teeth smashing into your gum shield? I thought he got elbow. No, his gum shield was gone by this on. point. His gum so shield was gone. literally broken like yeah. just yeah. under the nose? Under the nose. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see, an, uh, to see if, to obviously see the x-ray and see where it Here's a question broken. then. Is it... Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, no, of course it is. I was going to say, well, surely it's it's Ayala with the award then. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. On who, but the, who? the fight, yes, was Ayala and Mir, but it was the way I have, obviously, was just talking more about Frank there. Yeah. Terrible as well, because his daughter was in his corner. I know, yeah. I know. I yeah. said to Mel, it's I a thought terrible it was a move. weird choice. Fucking terrible yeah, he move. said, apparently she's going to be a monster. Yeah. She may well but, uh, be, but that's still he wanted, your daughter. He wanted his daughter to see the ups and downs of fighting up close. And that was a massive sure. down. Yeah. Yeah. And mainly his teeth falling down. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. Um, anyway, we go to number three, which is Lima Korshakov. Yeah. Uh, Rina Kachok yep. later on. But yep. obviously, a it's really, really tough, the, tough yep. fight story leading into the fight. So it's not necessarily the skill of the yep. finish, it's the gravity yes. that the finish had. Number two, this I really loved this one. This is terrible. This is uh, Amir Latifi and Ovin oh, Simpru guillotine, the standing guillotine, yeah. where yep. he just dropped like he was dead. Yep. Yep. It was just, it looked like a horror well. film, you know. Mm. And number one, and it's a very, very recent one again. Um, I'll, I'll also honourable mention for uh, Connor and Khabib but it doesn't doesn't yeah. come into the storyline again yeah. this one is Nelson and Oliveira recently 
again. Oh, yes, the hellbows. Yeah. yeah, and a game where, yes, it is a sub, but it's not a very amazingly skilled sub, no, but it's, it's how it's, he found the, himself yeah. there. The transition, yeah. first of all, into Mount yeah. and using his adamantium elbow to cut him so badly, it looked like a scene out Updated of Saw. that it's, in fact, 38 stitches he needed. Yeah. It, it, um, and when you look at Gunnar Nelson's face, though, it was just, he, he's in a low and he's possibly a side. He's got a serial killer. He's got like a torso heap at home. Yep. He's a, definitely a serial killer. Maybe he's not a serial killer. Gunnar, I'm sorry, you're not a serial killer. But amazing <laughs> finish. As he rolled over to the, for the choke and you could see him pulling on the neck, the blood was literally leaking out of him oh. onto the mat. So in that respect, he was kind of using that, you know, strikes to get into the sub. And it had yep. such a gravity for me that it was going to have to be one of the subs of the year. Yeah. For me, anyway. Well, my subs of the year, I had Latifi and OSP. Um I had, uh, it was my honourable mention, uh, and another honourable mention was Paul Craig's last minute, uh, mm-hmm. as you said, over Ankalev. My best submission of the year, one that we have seen, I believe, Mel, you probably have this on yours as well, but maybe from someone else, happened twice in the UFC, yeah. both happened this year. Um, mine was from our um, prospect of the year, to beat Max Shapiro mm-hmm. against Brandon Davis, performing a banana split. It's a great finish. slash knee. Bar. It was a fantastic um, yeah. finish, but from where he did it, it was a great finish. Yeah, from yeah. he had a, a had like one leg hooked in an almost like rear naked position, yeah. and uh, to those who don't know, the banana split is essentially getting your own leg pulled back against your own torso to the point that you just want to die and barf and puke and shit mm. yourself. But um, <laughs> Zabit, uh, just I think that the, the uniqueness only, of the submission, Aljamain Sterling did it. Yes. It was on the same card. I yeah, know that's the, the weirdest thing, um, but uh, I think I have to for for myself. I have to put forward the banana split for its rarity. I love a, a very unusual. I love a gugu plata. Mm, I love yeah. a, uh, an uma plata. I love a twister, but a banana split I'd never seen before. And I mean, we watched that card live twice and the card. In the same yeah. card. Amazing. Um, but uh, Mel, who you got? I have just I narrowed it down to two. So my honourable mention was Paul Craig versus Ankalev just because he got battered for four or for three 14 hours. minutes and yeah. 59 seconds of that fight and then pulled it out you know wasn't the most technically fantastic submission it was more to do with the story of the fight and uh my main or my pick to win is uh Zabit <laughs> Brandon Davis Shock. yeah yeah um just because he's, he's just such a creative fighter and I like that you know it's not a an often seen or utilised technique. Um, that's just a thing of beauty. It's funny because the reason we were laughing there and be like shock is like we have these things all the time. Obviously, we spent quite a lot of time together, but like one recently was I turned around to Mel and was like, uh, I was watching this really weird thing on YouTube today. And he was like, Yeah, what was that? And I was like, I was watching um, Cain Velasquez doing Sengalese wrestling. And Mel was like, I was watching that today as well. I was like, what are the chances of that? And it, then last night, he was messaging me about this like weird German guy that has this uh, Blink-182 cover band, right? right. Just like, weird German check guys. him out. It's really uncanny. He's like obsessed with there. Tom DeLonge, right? Oh, trust me, this gets way worse than that. So he sent it to me and I said to him, I was like, that's weird. I've been listening to Blink-182 all day. And he was like, I also have been listening to Blink-182 all day. I was like, of course you have. But I think it was weird about it was I'd fallen asleep and I woke up. There's just like... <laughs> He was texting me going, oh, he has his own band. Oh, check this link out. So I checked them out. And they were just terrible, terrible. Then I woke up and he's just sent me like, a, like basically his life story. Like I was like, dude, how deep down this wormhole did you go? And he's like, I've gone deep, bro. I've gone deep. <laughs> but, um, he goes to bed at 10 o'clock as well. Yep. <laughs> so I, th- this is a tough one because we do, well, I think that unfortunately again by default because we've got, we have two 
two votes for the one submission. Um, but Andy, you brought up some. What was your number one again? Uh, number one was Nelson Oliveira. I, see, I, this is the problem I have with, and this was the issue. All I three of us have mm. Paul Craig. We that's do. Thing. That's true. And there was a cra- that, that was a, such a great finish, though. Yeah, I know I it wasn't the most cultured finish true. to a triangle, but it was the, the context that the triangle was got in. Yeah, I th- well, are we going to go right? So we're going to go with submission of the year. Then up for Paul Craig then against Ankala for his last minute. I yeah. Think so. Okay. Um, and the, the thing as well is that that's what I was going to say is that I'm a sucker for a rear naked choke. There's something so hauntingly beautiful about the simplicity of it because yeah. it's something that as a kid, you know, you remember it from wrestling and mm-hmm. they pull the arm up and drop the arm the down. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, Ted DBS. Something. <laughs> there's something haunting about your life would have been over. D- yes. Just that- like that. There is, again, that is one of those chokes that does have, or one of the submissions, really, that does have that great mystique about it. I mean, you watched one of the, actually, do you know what else should have been in this? It should have been Bisping and Flipping. Uh, oh, GSP, GSP, where he went out. Yeah. yeah. Where you saw, basically, the lights go out. Yeah. The well, light you kind of got that with Cub. Yeah. You know, because you saw that in the first, with the, uh, was it a Dars? He had him in, like, a, a no, Dora Anaconda in the first bit that no, he had him. No, there were both Gatings. Right. And nearly ended the first round, and, and then he got the standing like he was gonna die. Yeah, yeah and then he got the standing guillotine in the second. This will make like this is crazy. That's already well over a year since GSP. Oh, that was last yeah. year. It wasn't was even it? this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh. GSP Bisping. Do you, was, a, did you watch uh, Bisping on Joe Rogan? I did. I didn't watch it. Listen to it. Oh, he is fantastic. Brilliant. The brilliant. bit where he's talking about hunting, you killing animals. Yeah, you're a fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Perfect. Well. I don't. I don't know how I, I feel think about going that. shooting a poor line in a, in a reserve. You oh, are yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. I think the issue that I have with hunting only extends it's to trophy people hunting. Do trophy hunting. Yeah, I think that if um, going to eat it, that's yeah. different. Oh, if you're going to eat, eat it, hundred percent. And not only that, I wish that why not just ban farming and have like a community animal, like where everyone in a certain number of streets has a cow that you're all responsible to upkeep and then once every however many months it goes off to slaughter you all get your bits of meat you would learn you to know. love that cow I couldn't do that nah it's food mate it's got eyelids it's, 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 it's got eyelids I've been being told that since I was a kid where it's like oh it has eyelashes I, I am sorry yeah. I've never understood the relevance of that it's like tons but, of shit has eyelashes yes, that's probably eat it too but the problem <laughs> is if you had your own community cow you are going to give that cow a name. See, once it has a name, it's, oh, you're well, not going to beat it yeah, to death. That's maybe true. But I do, you know, the thing is, people talk about the detachment with meat, and it's like, I've never picked up meat and thought, where'd this come from? I'm well aware. The, the issue, oh, we I know think, where it comes from. That's the thing. If you, if you don't know where, like, a chicken breast comes from, from or a steak comes from, then really, what? where have you been living? Yeah, I think the, the issue that, like, I think a lot of people get caught up as well, and, like, I don't think as many people would be vegetarian or vegan if they realised the standards that we have in the UK. So mm. a lot of the videos that you see going viral about they're animal cruelty, the they're not Kingdom. happening here. No. You know, and I'm not saying that, that that makes it okay. And by all means, you know, if you want to be vegetarian or vegan, work away. I actually eat quite a lot of vegetarian food or even vegan food myself. But <laughs> um, I know. Um, I actually had a, I think I had a vegan dinner last night, you know. I did. That's a start. No, of it. I didn't. I had vegetarian because I had some cheese. That's the so start of it. Slippery road. It is. It. Next thing you know, snow. next thing you know, I'm posting about it on Instagram. It's estrogen it's levels are through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ovulating today. Yeah. I can't pass them. Soy titties. Go, go go we said yeah. soy boy titties. Um, right uh, away from soy boy titties, and uh, let's go for the best KO of the year. Um, um, Mel, take us away, brother. I've gone for two. My honourable mention is Brian Ortega versus Frankie Edgar. Just nice. Yep. 
Frankie, you, it seemed like you'd have to hit him with a bus to actually mm. put him away. And Ortega, whose um, <clears throat> stand-up was sort of rudimentary but effective, um, that big loopy uppercut. He actually hit him a few times with it before he put him out. Yeah, with a start too. Yeah, yeah that's the one that off. started it. But yeah. the uppercut literally lifted him off the ground mm. very briefly. But I think, well, from my own perspective, there's no argument about knockout of the year, and that's Yair Rodriguez versus the Korean zombie. Mm. Just because, because the story because, of the, the story, of the, fight. the story of the fight, yeah. and the creativity and uniqueness just, of that, yeah, yeah, of the actual knockout. Plus, a Korean zombies, another guy who it seems like you'd have to shoot him in the head to keep him yeah. down. Yeah, literally like a zombie. Yeah. What about yourself, Andy? Who you got for I this have, one? Again, five to one, but I also have several honorable mentions. One is Frankie and Ortega. Uh, we also have Barbos and Hooker recently. Yeah. Uh, mm. And Ganu as well and we have Daly and Ward Paul Ooh, Daly okay. and yeah. Brennan Ward yeah. um, but at number 5 I have Derek Lewis and Alexander Volkov again the story nice. the, yes. yeah. 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 and uh, we have Anthony Smith Rashad, Rashad Evans mm. when he oh, literally left me. Rashad yep. And yep. looking like he was dead I was going to go out for Anthony Smith and Rua but I thought it was kind of cruel um, nah. that's right, huh? <laughs> Joel Romero, Rockhold. Yep. Yes, um, yes. One of my yep. favorites of the year by far. That's in at number I three. I that myself. Yeah, it was, um, it was close. Number two for me is DC knocking out Stipe. Yes. Just for the great technique yeah. and also the story it's behind story. it and of how he baited them into the knockout. Yep. Number one is the zombie and Yair as well. Yep. Can't miss that. Yeah, well, that's that. Yeah, so my list is uh, I have some crossover. I put in Ganu and Blades in yeah. because of the story, like because the of the comeback. Yeah, the you comeback, know, it was a big knockout, it. more more so than how uh, how visually pleasing the aesthetic Especially of the knockout after was. The Lewis yawn fest. Yep, um, and the Stipe beating was the start of the year, and Ganu was not having a great year. No, no, that's that's what I mean. And to come back with with yeah. what was a, a one punch knockout, that basically the side of the noggin. Um, good, good for him. Uh, Gaethje and Vic. Yes, the big overhand, the yeah, the, the overhand, yeah, and overhand. also just because there was a quite a bit of shit talking coming mm-hmm. from Vic, and, and that. Vic was on the rise there too. He was, yeah, he was. and uh, and I just thought, you know, when I was going through this, but here's one, and Mel, you might not like this one. It was actually my other Mel in my life that that made me think about this one. Blades and Overeem. Oh, that was pretty horrific. Yeah. Actually, that um, was a horrific beating mm-hmm. in terms of visually aesthetic, or in terms of like mm-hmm. aesthetics of a knockout. That one kind of had everything. It was brutal. It was like a visceral, visceral finish. Bloody. Yeah. It had everything. Mm. Um, and of course, I also had Yair and Korean Zombie. So I think by default, Korean Zombie and Yair is going to mm. win because we all had that fight mm. for sure. And um, what's class because. All of us had different ones there. Which yeah. Is, which, yeah. I, I can't which also, with Matt Brown and Sanchez, was that this year as well? That elbow, or was that last year? That might have been at the start of the year. Yeah, that um, was horrific. The, yeah, um, where he just sent Diego to the uh, land of wind and shadows. It was horrific. And to do it again, Diego, another dude who's got a head made like a bowling ball. I just yeah. googled Sanchez Brown. It turns out there's an actor called Sanchez Brown. <laughs> so that, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't uh, what I meant to... Uh, Search for there. So let's see if we get the uh, get the date of the UFC fight. It was uh, it was actually the tail end of last year, um, but uh, still a terrible, terrible yeah. <laughs> knockout. Not one that I'd have wanted to be on the receiving end of anyway. Um, if they're actually oh okay, 
Let's make a question quickly there. Mm-hmm. If you were to be knocked out in a certain way, like pick a knockout where if it had to be you being oh. on the receiving end of it, which one would you have picked? You're probably gonna have to be like one of the no, just out. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'd want to be unconscious, like a, being on the end of like the Overeem blades knockout where you don't go out, but your face is just exploding. Mm. Is just sounds awful. I'm sorry, dude, but I think he went out. I don't think he was out for long, but there was one bit where I, I remember seeing him just like all limber. Just he had no idea where he was. No, yeah. no, yeah. no. I um, think if you want to, if you're going to get knocked out, it has to be the DC Stipe sort of finish where you are out but back quickly yeah. not that you spend a long time yeah, rumbling around like yeah. like Beetlejuice you know you're not spending time in that reception room <laughs> yeah. you're not hanging around in there yeah. you're just oh fuck this is out and you're out the door again yeah. that, that bit made me sad in the Stipe fight where he, when he got roused and because you saw him go did I win and I was like oh no oh, do you remember oh, you no. took the piss out of no, over him for exactly the same thing mm. so yeah. I'd, I'd, actually yeah. just before we move I'm not going to forgot and that's just reminded me of it was I think it's underrated, but the Jacare Weidman knockout. Yeah, mm. I did consider that. Actually. Yeah, I did consider that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, so congratulations, Yair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, In fairness, that could win knockout of the year ever. Yeah, it could any, win knockout any given year. That could win knockout of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a phenomenal, just a, a freak knockout. Like you know, you you could try that a million times. times. Yeah, yeah. never get it. Let alone. In the last seconds the, of a the fight, you're the thing losing about on the that is cards. the creativity and the presence of mind to do something yeah. like that after 25. If you anybody that haven't seen that fight, go and find oh. YouTube and watch it. It is amazing. That's the fight you show your friends to get them in. The yeah, DLC. it used to be for me, Carol Perizzi and Josh Thompson. Along. Oh yeah, nice. what a, yeah, what a nice. fight! And then that is now the new version of that for me. You for watch me, that. It's Gus Jones too. Gus, Gus Jones. Jones one, sorry. Oh. Yeah, that's the one I would. I, yeah. In fact, the fight that I showed. Uh, Mel to get her into it um, mm-hmm. my girlfriend Mel not my boyfriend Mel <laughs> I'm very progressive he was, all, he, was all, he was already into it yeah um, <laughs> was, <laughs> um, was Rory and uh, oh, Lawler, Lawler. Yeah, oh. so um, it's funny because we were actually talking about this and the the, the person the, the fighter of all people to get her into UFC was Julian Marquez because she saw an interview with him just after he came off the Dana White's Contender Series where he just talked about oh I got the crap beat out of me but I had a great time and he's just really jovial yeah. on that beat it was the first time that Mel I think had ever realised oh right they're not just like brain dead goons like they're yeah. people right okay because I think there is that kind of conception cage fighters these hard nuts I still you know? think there is that perception there and is. the last time I was on your podcast I'll, there was a, a guy I'm not going to use his name but I, uh, I was running when I could run my hips screwed now but, um, and he listened to the podcast because I had shared it he didn't know anything about MMA but he did know Conor was having a fight because he knew who mm. Conor McGregor was yeah. And this is no slight in anybody from the LGBTQ community at all. But when this guy says to me, "Is it are they gay or what?" And I, went, well, what do you mean? He goes, "Well, well, like he's climbing on his back and hugging him and all. It's it, it's gay, <laughs> oh, isn't it?" And I was like, "No, mm. no, he, he, that that means he could kill you with his bare hands in yeah. a blink of a, of an eye. You know, when you when you by the time your eyelids touch together, you will be dead with this guy. Mm. No, well, they looked a bit gay to me, and that was still the perception. This guy's a bit older than us, but his perception was still that it's two sweaty guys rolling around. Well, well it is. Yes, but it it's is. Two sweaty, dangerous uh, motherfuckers. Yes, it's and not. also, I would have very calmly and politely uh, suggested that they don't repeat that to people that you know or that you <laughs> yeah. know. So you know, people that you know that 
that maybe do the same sport or like because like if someone took out the wrong way like i know for a fact what it's like to have that moment of realization where it's like oh shit people don't fight with their hands oh good great and yes and life changes almost virtually instantaneously like it it is so stereotypical and we have said many a time on on this podcast that anybody listening that's having any struggles of any kind mentally should take up either you know boxing or mma or brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah brazilian jiu-jitsu was the first one that i had that thing and you suppose you'd get it from i mean you you did a lot of wrestling you get yeah. it from that as well someone just lays their hands on you in a certain way where you're like oh i'm fucked completely hmm. yeah oh i'm you're, so you know, dead at this moment in time you're not you're no longer in the cockpit of this flipping aircraft yeah you're yeah, not driving yeah. anymore yeah. you're you a are passenger being, you're on a only a passenger to somewhere yes. you have no <laughs> one to, please get me oh, i have no intention to be in saudi arabia yeah. <laughs> send me back the other way send me back the other it's way like, what it must be like for like a terrorist going to guantanamo bay absolutely <laughs> absolutely you know? just shackle hands behind their back going I'm gonna get pillaged yes. by someone that's gonna pillage my asshole yeah. like, I don't want this I don't want this I'm gonna floss my teeth through my ass and I, I just have to just be here for it that's that that would be what I would describe that as the, the closest you're gonna get is to a visit to Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. It is. And people, I think, I, I, that ironically, it's that exact moment that's almost transcendent of, of, of mental health. It's that moment of realizing that, that you survived that, that encounter and you come away from it changed yeah. from something so small. I mean, um, people talk about mental health. And again, this is a side. And yes, we're talking about MMA. We're having fun and we're joking and laughing. But there are people out there. And every person, every, every person, and I think in today's society, more... People are suffering from mental health problems. Not more people are suffering, but they're more prevalent. And people have got bigger sets now to come out and say, "Look, I've got a mental health issue." We know I what it is more that. too. And you, yes, there's more. There's more scope for a good diagnosis and good treatment. Yeah. I'm not saying shoveling away it's into somebody's a good treatment either. No. But you discussed that mental health problems are alleviated through exercise, and we all. It's massive. I, I would suggest that any person suffering from mental health. Um, Go and try a sport. I don't care what kind no. of sport it is. I mean, I apart always, from cricket, don't well, try cricket. cricket. That'll make you want know. to kill yourself. Yeah, probably. Would. I'll push me over the edge. Lots Look of fresh, up fresh air, nice jumpers. No, playing, yeah. playing yeah. is break. different. Lots of upper class I guys. Say, I wouldn't suggest watching it, but by all means, play it. Yeah, I, but I would suggest that taking up any sort of sport. Like for me, one of those things that was running. Obviously, yeah. a lot of catharsis when you're yeah. out for three or four yeah. hours running. Um, I would think that there's a discussion of the runner's high, the endorphin release after oh, I know when I'm out running for four hours at a time, you know, I just uh You, you feel so happy. My <laughs> runner's high doesn't really kick in until after yeah. Yeah. six hours of running. Though. But you, you do feel that, you know, you get that endorphin rush and that, yeah. th- those things come because the body is active. You're yeah. waking up and you get that good feeling again. The thing that you discussed with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and boxing and combat sports as well is there's an element of, of problems. So I'm not going to do no, the no, Joe Rogan quote, but it's a problem-solving thing. It's occupying the yeah. mind and you're feeling good about yourself. You're achieving something. There's yeah. a lot of people who suffer from mental health, and I'm not generalizing here. It's an internalization of problems where it, they yeah. overthink things and yeah. they, they become scared of, of, of the unknown. Well, this is how to negate it. So guys, girls, if you're suffering from anything like that, go and take up a sport, join a running club, do something, yeah. get exercise and lift weights, go for a walk, get a dog, do something anything. good. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head and one of the interesting things about it is um, you're right in that some, you know, for instance, like running, there's catharsis there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things that for, for me, certainly, as an overthinker, um, one of the things that explicitly really helped about the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side of things is it is literally the only time I have in my life where I cannot 
think about anything else. Like mm. I have to you, you have no choice. just yeah. focus on the problem at hand mm-hmm. because if you don't, then you quote unquote lose the role or you get tapped yeah. or or you get get caught in something that you're like fuck. I shouldn't. That I, I know better than and this. You, you've slipped out of that. Con- so, and it's the same with boxing in, in that respect yes, too. If you yeah, slip yeah. out of a, co- I yeah, talk yeah. about concentration all the time. You can't go into autopilot. No, no. There's no such thing because you're going to get snapped out of that yep. very very quickly. I think it's more prevalent in grappling arts because it can be over so damn quick. and Or you can find yourself in such a terrible position mm-hmm. yeah. so damn quick. And oftentimes before you even realise. Yeah. And I you think know. in that way, yeah. So struggling with mental health folks, please, please go and do something about 100%. it. 100%. Seek treatment and go and join a join any local club, boxing, running, cycling, Anything. BJJ, judo, Anything. any sort of grappling or kickboxing, and cycling, whatever. I think the thing that is super important to drill home about that, um, just before we do move on from it completely, is I, as I said, I am somebody that has had a host of these issues and I never, ever, ever believed that you sleep better you know, in general, um, you know, you, you go to bed earlier and you wake up earlier, um, you exercise regularly and you eat, you don't even need to eat perfect, you just eat a bit better than you, you maybe mm. are and that like has literally, like I, I've come off medication that I've been on for 10 years I, in the space of four months. Yeah, what you, you said there is another very, very important thing that you probably just glossed over and you didn't realise. Um, we're talking about you are eating better Um, we have to remember that every single cell in our human body is created simply by something we have put in our mouth our skin cells our internal organs our brain matter so don't be eating nothing (coughs) but dick it's not kind of (laughs) unless it's a really intelligent person (laughs) so whenever we change our diet we are literally changing the fabric of our very DNA so better quality whole foods we put in by nature itself is going to tell us that we are going to feel, look, you do, and and act in a better way, better sleep. I'm guilty of this, so is everybody. Stand oh, up, yeah, we discussed that, like sitting up the two o'clock right, in the yeah. morning, flipping. We were up late last night. Fights and going through, going down, flipping rabbit holes of watching fights and shows. And yes, we know it's not good, but it's not every day. And I think that no. if if that's people do need to sort of make a change, make a difference. Well, here's a good way of starting. So. It is, and and as you said, Andy, like the the thing the thing is that it it just you just mm-hmm. do it. You just make yeah. a start, and and you contact the club, you contact anybody. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, you contact your doctor if it's serious. Yeah. But, um, you know, but making I, that first step as well, and incidentally as well, mental health problems, guys and girls, there is always somebody else out there. Please, please talk oh, to yeah, somebody. Reach out to it somebody. could be anybody. It could be yeah. a guy on a bus. Could be your best friend. It could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, whoever. Reach out and say to somebody. I'm could suffering. Be, could be the hooker. Do it before you. <laughs> Tie her up, put her in the boot. Pretty like, much, because you know, you, whoever. Yeah, it's really difficult with the, especially now with the quality of duct tape. Yeah, yeah, I know it's super. I made mm. the last, last time I went out in the killing spree. I uh, mm. made the mistake of getting the cable ties in. Uh, oh, that's amateur, super amateur. Like if you attach two of them together, though, I find that that really works. Good tip. So yeah. Andy's top tip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so fighter of the year, anyway. Um, fighter of the year. Uh, this was one that I think that I'm sure that we could all contest many mm. different variations of, of what it meant. Um, ironically, your prospect of the year or one of your nominations that somebody that I didn't think of for this that mm. may have been was Aaron Pico. You mm. could have easily put, if it was if we're thinking all of MMA, mm. you know, Aaron Pico would be an interesting one. I'll go first this time for a change. Um, my honourable mention was Habib. My, the reason that he didn't get it was because he, he only fought twice. Um, I say only. He fought twice. Um I haven't said no. My fighter of the year, and I think I'm sure that that you'll probably both be in agreement in some capacity. It had to be DC. Yep. It had to be DC. Um, I couldn't make a case for anybody else as my number one pick. I tried. I scarred. 
number of different organizations, a number of different rankings list. I tried to look at different statistics to back it up, yeah. and I just couldn't see past DC. And then, because do you know what I turned around to like my my partner Mel, who was helping me brainstorm last night, she said to me, she was like. DC though it's got to be DC you know it's got to be and I mm. said to her I was like I don't know and I was looking at who he beat and I went who's the mayor who's now shown that he's maybe vulnerable in certain mm. ways and I went but he wasn't at the time and he no. got outclassed and then I went and Derek Lewis and then I went fuck it Derek Lewis was the second best heavyweight in the yeah. world at the time I, you know I didn't I was like in my head I was like does Derek Lewis make you the, the goat of the year probably not but then whenever it's I thought about it it's like but he is because he's yeah. the second best in the world so he, yeah. he is. So for me, it has to be DC Andy, uh, or Mel, whoever. I have three, and that was Dustin Poirier, really, who, who had yeah, two two yeah. big fights: beat Alvarez, beat uh, Gaethje. Um, was in line for some form of title shot before lightweight imploded upon itself. Uh, if they had had the Nate fight, which I believe. Dustin would have battered him. Yeah. Then you know his case would have been stronger. Uh, Israel Adesanya went okay. four and zero this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but did he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he only fought three times. No. I wish I'd known that. So you know, and not just four wins, four absolute mm-hmm. destructions, and each time improving, improving getting better improving, and better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've went with DC. Um, defended his light heavyweight title. Beat. Well, you can argue one of the greatest of all time heavyweights and then defended that title two-weight champion 3-0 and mm. it's hard to build a case against him I did think of Habib as well I, I don't know why I just didn't really consider Habib for, for fighter mm. of the year I think it was because well I suppose at the time the Iaquinta win looks better now than it did then because I mean if he had you know same as Poirier if it had been if he had to beat Tony Ferguson or Max Holloway and then beat Connor, well, then it'd be hard to argue against oh, him. But just whatever way the chips fell for him this year, mm. I just don't think it was as good as DC. I don't think I don't think anybody's had a year like DC. Ooh, I've gone again for five. Um, starting off, number five is Valentina. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Valentina. Maybe just the hair inactive for me. I did consider her. I don't, I don't think she was inactive because of no, her. No, she, no, no, she no, had no. a couple of fights fall through. Yeah, yes. Nico Montana yep. piss as yep. well. Do you remember that garbage? So not and and Ioana again. Ioana again fell again. through. So yeah. When we see Valentina, every time you're seeing her improve, improve, yep. improve. Yep. I think Absolutely. she's phenomenal. Yeah. No, I can see and the case she for beat it. my favourite female fighter there, which is quite difficult to take, although <laughs> she was phenomenal when she was Queen doing Ioana. it. She's fantastic. Um, number four, I have Khabib. In at number four, simply because of the story behind it, the yeah. Ally Quinta fight. I know we're looking back now. I, did you write that was baller, though, the yeah. way it was all. And then the destruction of Loudmouth McGregor. Yep. Um, number three, Max Holloway. Yeah, okay. Uh, Holloway, again, not necessarily for his activity, for yep. but because of how he's ended the year. And he's yep. come yep. through no, no, a terrible amount of yep. adversity. And he really has cemented himself now as elite. sort of like an elite fighter. Yeah. And not only that, in people's minds. Because yep. normally you didn't yep. really pay much attention, but now you're paying attention to Max Holloway. Yep, yep. Number two, Robert Whittaker. Yes. Really? Okay. Now, I, okay, I think he lost the last UL fight. Possibly. I do think that that's another improvement. And the guy who's grown into being a champion. Yep. He has, you know, when, when you, people say when you get the belt around you, that's when you the hard work really starts. Mm-hmm. He's proven that, I think, yep. now. I, he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. He's not shirking, taking shit, easy fights. He's pushing himself forward. That t- second fight with Romero was phenomenal. Yep. Um, DC gets an honourable mention for me. And the reason behind that is, 
I think it was just a given that DC is going to be up there all the time. Yeah. I mean, undefeated heavyweight. Um, and obviously still holding the light heavyweight belt, which he's all but stripped off to give it back to that drug abuser Jones. Um, I've gone for Israel Adesanya. Activity, four fights, four wins. As Mel rightly pointed out, his rise has been nothing but astronomical. Yeah. It's frightening. His frightening skyrocketed. Oh. On the Joe Rogan podcast too, you saw a good side to him. Mm. You didn't see... No, he's not an asshole no, in any way. Really no. intelligent, lovely life not story. Not a lot of ego. World travelled. Even, even uh, did you see his response to the guys who were giving Bronson shit on Insta? No. So there was a guy I think I told you about this. Yeah. In fact, we put him... We actually... In fact, he is a saint at the moment. Mm. Um, so there was a bunch of guys just... I think trolls just giving Derek Bronson mm. shit being like, Izzy did this and he fucked you up and mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, you're nothing, whatever. And he came into the, the comment mm-hmm. stream and just went, guys, leave it. It's over. Yeah. Pay the well, guy the respect. It's over. Stop. Yeah. And I was like, so, yes, but you know, you can kind of talk shit like that if after it's done... You're stunned, yeah. and you're, you know, you're. Look, no, 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 no. I was only shit talking, just build up to the fight. It's but just like, a fight. It's done now. Yeah. I beat him. Yes, but it's done. There's no need to. I didn't know that now, but there you go. Another reason why for me. Are are we agreed then on Izzy, or are we? I think Izzy wears a belt next year. There's my prediction. I think he'll be. F- he'd be my f- yeah. On if he continues along this path, he'll be fighter of the year for next year for me right so we're established that the, 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 the two that we're down to are it's either DC or Israel it's, it's, and now in hindsight it has to be DC he's got two belts yeah he I does, he does have like, two belts mm-hmm. but I didn't really to be fair I would have put Adesanya higher if I'd known that he was 4-0 yeah. but I, for some reason I just had mm-hmm. in my head that he had three yeah I just think because obviously Adesanya was new to the UFC tail end of last year so he fought guys here now you know like he battered Marvin Vittori. That was actually a decent it a fight. fight. It was a good was fight, fight. Yeah. but DC level, DC fought Stipe. Vittori, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So Vittori's yeah. tested positive since as well. well that's what I mean. Yeah. I think I think well, DC takes it not for the belts, mm-hmm. but just like who he beat for the belt as yeah, well. It was the, it was constantly the elite. It was the next. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, I think then for that reason, our fighter of the year will have to be Daniel Cormier with Israel well Adesanya coming in with. A runner's up. He gets a medal instead of a trophy. Yes, that's, that's um, fine. She gets a participation uh, he, he medal. Get, that's it. It's normally a participation one. It's a you're very, very close. Uh, you're very close to winning one of those mm. super coveted, super ad MMA show awards. Um, just before we go on the fight of the year, which um, to be honest, I think is probably um, a, it's got to be the biggest award. Um, Beatdown of the year. Oh. So um, I only have two for this. My first one. Was Valentina uh, against Priscilla Cachoeira? Um, that was hateful. In Brazil, it was absolutely um, hateful. It was the one, the, one of the most one-sided things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and of course, my other was more recent than that, which was Holloway versus Ortega. Mm. Okay, I have four. I have Shevchenko versus Cachoeira. Mm. I have like yourself, Holloway versus Ortega. I have Connor and Habib. Yes, that was mm-hmm. pretty spectacularly one-sided. Uh, Your grand, keep going. Good, just the studio was falling apart. And finally, I have Gegard Mousasi versus Rory McDonald, which oh. is my pick for beatdown of the year, simply because of the hype going in, and no one thought Mousasi was going to do that to Rory McDonald it, with such ease. It yeah. just it was like a smooth thrashing. Yeah, it was a very clinical. Beat him everywhere. Beat him a, all over the place. And he looked phenomenal. And it's because 
it's got extra merit to me because McDonald is so good. He is ridiculous. As for the like, because I would th- the most one sided fight of the year was Shevchenko versus Casuera, mm. hands down. Yeah, but the matchmaking. But the matchmaking, yeah, you know, we expected. You know, Shevchenko was one of the biggest betting favorites in UFC history going into that fight, whereas Musashi McDonald it was, was pretty a, was, even. Was it was an even, yeah. yeah. And I just think. Um, yeah, you know, it's the calibre of opponent he did that to. Now, you could, you could argue the same thing for Holloway Ortega, but mm. I just think that McDonald, had, you know, had that aura about him going in, you know, two-weight, you know, potentially a two-weight champion. I haven't I factored think, that fight in, and, and now no. that you've said it, I feel dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of I feel like I've missed something now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my list is incomplete. Uh, I've gone for, again, five, but again, honourable mention to Shevchenko. The yep. reason I, I given her an honourable mention is because I mentioned her earlier on in Fighter of the Year, yep. and I know obviously yep. that was just a brutal, brutal yep. beating, and it, it, it kind of just stands out by poor matchmaking rather yeah. than Valentina oh, being so amazing. Uh, no. Honourable mention, uh, Manoa Odizomir. Yeah. Yeah, I know the reason it's not such a beatdown is simply because it lasted so Yep. Quite, it was such a short fight. Yeah. Uh, again, Santos Manoa recently oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see Jimmy Manoa fight again. I think he's fantastic, but really, I think he should be done. Yep. I, I don't see where he goes from here. I, again, I, this is a third person I've told to retire to. They're all going to kind of. Do <laughs> <the shares. laughs> what I think from Jimmy is he's thirty-eight years old now. What does he need? What does he need to prove? What does he need to go? He's probably earned a good deal of money out of that. I mean, he's called a poster boy. If he d- carries on like that, he is not going to be a poster boy anymore. He's yeah, going to end be a up poster surgery. boy for Parkinson's. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, ha- <laughs> I can imagine the advert. I mean, where are you going to where can you get that? Printed? I'm Jimmy Manoa, and I used to not tremor like this. And then you can just see halfway through. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> Hang on, what was my name again? So, oh, God, I feel terrible. I mean, but yes, imagine going to get that printed. Uh, hello, I would like to campaign for. To get Parkinson's? What? what? Get out of yeah. my shop. <laughs> so I've gone for four, which was Khabib and Barboza. Okay, yeah. Which was horrific. Um, I've gone for three, Lee and Barboza, again, which was yeah. absolutely horrendous, one-sided. Um, <laughs> number two was Holloway and Ortega. Mm. Again, talk about matchmaking there. That yeah. was all Holloway had to fight. You can't really... Well, Ortega was the favourite. <laughs> which yeah. I find strange so I, I. I, I, we discussed this back and forth and I said I fancy Ortega's chances if he can put him on the floor but if it stays standing up for a long period of time Holloway will put him in a bag yep. and that's exactly what did happen in a bag um, number one Five I have big. Connor Khabib because yes. Connor didn't win a second of that fight no matter what anybody says no, no. Um, he, the only claims he won a round somehow yeah, oh, I, yeah I don't get that yeah. do you know what did impress me though in hindsight is that like Connor looked good defensively on the ground, but, oh. but because of that, it just completely stalled his ability to do anything offensively, yeah. which meant that he literally did nothing on the ground other, or, or did nothing in the fight other than cling on. But what I will say is that one thing I would actually give Connor credit for, because I, I don't think anybody gave him any credit for that fight at all, um, I thought that he had. The work that he put in on the wrestling did show, of course but it just did, yeah. in, a, in a weird way where it didn't was hold nothing, any merit. No, no, you no. were never you know? going to be able to keep that, that up. No, That's no, no. The but thing the I... fact he was able to stall, he almost got you know to on the ground for the first while. Anyway, he was almost able to just stop Habib from doing anything yeah. other than control him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like it was just one of the most one-sided as fights a, ever. You know, as a weird aside to that, have you heard slash read that? 
John apparently has had zero contact yeah. power from what, that night. And would take convincing to work with him again, apparently. Yeah. I wonder what so that... He only wants to work with him for... Big money. a Khabib rematch or a Nate rematch? Well, I don't see the merit in a... He doesn't deserve a Khabib fight, and he doesn't... I, I don't see the merit in a Nate fight because it doesn't go anywhere. But I think that's an interesting it's aside because... clever by John, because oh. I think what it is is him saying, I can work on other things, um, and mm-hmm. you're going to bring my brand down if you we're not careful. Because yeah. I don't know... Did you see the video of him in the club recently where Connor had the mask of himself? He tuned his face himself. He's basically trying to nick himself. his own eyebrow. And I was yeah. just like... I said I said to Mel, um, my Mrs. Mel, I was like, that is a man that is possibly on cocaine, but more likely on ecstasy. Um, yeah, the yeah, guys do the nightclubs. They know, kind of, know what it looks like. And I mean, really, you're... You're a thirty-year-old man as well now, with probably more money than most others. Another kid on the, on the way. Ch- well, yes, another child. Third, yes, possibly <laughs> kid third. On the way. Believe the one in Liverpool, apparently. Uh, uh, but you're getting on like that, as I said before. Yeah, the, the the star power and the money to be like the Rock, but he's just turning into massive. The cock, cock. yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you smell d- what the cock is kicking? Yeah, or leaking. So whatever you're yeah, drinking. It- <laughs> <of that too>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking it now. If it's yeah, gone, no, yeah, I finished so. it. You just couldn't get enough of it. No. Just couldn't. Just, just give me all that so, juice. All I think that that obviously juice. that's an interesting thing from John. I listened to Chael Sonnen. Probably I listened to him. He had some dude on who described Kavanaugh as the pad man. This wasn't Chael. Some guy. I thought you are you are an absolute prick. Whoever this guy is, a godfather, mm. don't, know, don't know who he is, but he described Kevin as the Padman, and I thought, you are an arsehole, because John is obviously a fantastic coach, yeah. Yeah. and without John, Connor wouldn't be Connor. No. Um, they don't care what you say, yes, no, his personality 100%. has grown, his personality has yeah. manifested itself well, in a bigger than life person. Have you read his book? John's. John's, yeah. No, but I do get a mention it on page 23, about four lines down, yeah, he, beat, yeah, he beat me up. That's weird, because I didn't... I actually read that. have read that and didn't twig. It was a friend of mine, uh, a mate of mine was reading the book and she contacted me and goes, uh, is this you? And I was like, she sent me a picture and I was like, yes, it is. Yeah, it sounds like me. me <laughs> yeah. So, well, there you go, guys. Um, and now whenever we, uh, to get more clicks, we're going to be like, the guy that John Calvin had beat up came on our podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you can probably have John. Uh, John, any chance you come on yeah. and talk to us about your fight with Andy Burrows? We just yeah. had him on. He didn't have anything good to say about you. We're going to start that rivalry <laughs> it's up. It's a lie. Um, no, no, no but uh, yeah, incidentally, yes, John uh, was on the Joe Rogan podcast as well, and I thought he came across absolutely fantastically. I quite like him. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was great. a really, I thought it was a really good interview. He sounded very, very intelligent. He was on with George Lockhart, who kind of put me off him by just constantly yeah. cursing every other sense. Listen, I curse. We all curse. It's one of those things in life. It's but one of our curses. It's one of our curses. Yeah, yeah I'm cursed to curse. Fuck. There Shit. you go. Yeah. Um, but every single word, it kind of, it even broke up words to fit other curse words <laughs> in. And a very stereotypically Belfast or Scottish thing Wait, to do. But fucking he, cutting. Yes. <laughs> and instead of like, oh, just don't do that. Like, kind of put me off because the science yeah. is excellent. And the, But anyway, that's my pick for fight or beatdown of the year would be Connor Khabib. So did we all have Holloway Ortega? We did all yeah, have yes. that. But um, I must admit that I... I'm actually kind of almost tempted to change my pick if that's something that we can do because oh, I'd forgotten wow. about because I'd forgotten about Gegard and, and oh, McDonald. That, yeah, I forgot about it's that. It's this banner in the works for me where I'm like, that might actually have been like that might have been worse than Holloway and Ortega. In fact, like I think it, it was, was more one sided. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more one sided. And, and also 
the scale of it just because it didn't happen in the UFC I'm still thinking I'm like no but that's still that's the moose and that's you know that's the guy like McDonald is supposed to be or up until that fight was kind of universally regarded as possibly the best mixed martial mm. artist ever yeah. or, or in the world like definitely in currently. the discussion definitely. Um, I personally would be inclined if we're allowing it to change my, my first pick to support that um but failing that, I'm also happy mm. for Ortega and Holloway to go in. So it's it's kind of up to you guys what way you want to I would to play say that. that's more one-sided than Holloway and Ortega. I think so. And as it was my pick, I, of course, love the validation. Okay. So, the, so we're uh, going for Ortega and Holloway then? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Musasi and... Yeah, Musasi versus Roy. Musasi versus Roy. And then yeah, a really complete honourable mention, of course, to uh, the the lovely gentlemen that are Ortega and... Uh, and uh, Max Holloway so the last one we have for our Super Ad MMA award is the fight of the year um, Mel do you want to go first this time yes I have three um, there was a lot to choose there from. was too many no, I P- pretty much any Gian Volante fight could have exactly, made this list yeah. oh. no, I tried. any Sam Alvey fight true big time winners um, I tried to pick ones no Strictly based off action rather than story this okay. time, um, because fair. I mean, the biggest like uh, the biggest fight of the year was Conor Habib, mm-hmm. and you know, but as in terms of if you took out the story and where it was and all this, you know, does it match up as the best action? Probably not. So my three are in no particular order: um, Dustin Poirier versus Gaethje. Okay, just for yep. being mad from yep. bell to bell. Um, Jimmy Manoa versus Jan Blachowicz three. That's great a fight. great fight, yeah. Uh, in London, um, which was back and forth, and mm-hmm. Blachowicz won the decision, yeah. but both guys were down. Um, and then my final pick, which I think probably edges it, was is again Yair versus Zombie, mm-hmm. which was twenty five minutes of spinning shit and blood. Yeah. And add on top of it our knockout of the year mm-hmm. to finish it in the last second. So those are my three yep. picks. Uh, Andy, who you got? Uh, I've again gone for five, and I've scribbled out the middle three here. So number five for me was Poirier and Gagey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next three, in no particular order, was Zabit and Kyle Bochniak. Yes, yeah, great, great fight. fight. Yeah. He just looked so unbelievable. Both of them actually, uh, in the end, Bochniak yeah. just kept moving forward. Um, for the story and story alone Conor Khabib yep um, obviously that's been done to death so now that's why I put that in Yoel and Whitaker too I have that uh, on yes. my list yeah what? it was yeah. my phenomenal phenomenal fight yeah. honourable mention um, and obviously the f- what I have as number one was exactly the same as Mel's we have the zombie and Yair well I think that I think the number one was a pretty much a foregone conclusion yeah. I of course have zombie and Yair as number one um, my list of this is the longest list that I have um, honourable mentions went to Whitaker versus Romero too yep Manoa versus Santos. Yes, oh. absolutely. Um, mm. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Johnson. That was a fantastic fight. Yes. I think, um, and was I, that this year? Yeah, Flip I think so. Um, weirdly, um, not the only time Michael Johnson shows in this list. I will explain in a second. Demetrius Johnson versus Cejudo, two. Yep. Great fight. Or was it three? Two. 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 Um, Michael Johnson versus Darren Elkins. Oh, what With a Elkins Darren Elkins. Them. Yeah. yeah. That did right at the end. Yeah. Again, that's another close sub. That should have been one of mine. That's, yeah. That was one that I, whenever I was like, I was like looking at all the past fights happened. And then when I saw it, I went, ooh, I was like, that's, yeah. that's like one of the sort of closet ones. Mm. Um, and then I had Miocic and Ngannou. Hmm. 
Yeah, that had the proper same as Connor and Habib big fight feel. Yeah. Yes, it felt massive. The, the, um, there was back and forth. Everybody had their own view on that. As yeah. soon as Conor Khabib, you had been, oh no, and Gano will do this. Oh yeah. no. And you know, it, it had that, it brought in, I think fight yeah. like that does actually attract, we don't, we use the term casual fans, but fans who normally would never watch yeah. UFC, yeah, 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 MMA, yeah. they would now be attracted to that simply because of that big fight feel. Yeah. Well, here's, here's one for you, right? Because, we were talking about this. You said something that blew my mind about this the other day, right? So Michael Johnson has appeared on my list twice there, mm-hmm. right? And what was it Michael Johnson said? He was getting shit because he was calling for a title shot, and right? people were mm-hmm. saying he'll never get a title shot. And he pointed out that he has wins over three of the top five lightweights in the world. Mm-hmm. Like Which just, is crazy because yeah. you wouldn't think it. He fought uh, Khabib as well, did he not? Yeah, he, got, uh, he actually did okay against Khabib in the first round. Had <laughs> Khabib stumbled yeah, a bit stumbled and then slightly. he just got, yeah. got Habibed after mm-hmm. that. Because it was almost like the... That was the, the poke in the bear bit. That was the bit where Habib was the feeling out process. Yeah. And then he hit Habib a few times with a couple of spicy shots. And then Habib yeah. was like, okay, fuck this. Game yeah, you're on. Yeah, game on. You're fucked mm. now. Um, but like every time he's in a fight, it's just... He's, like he is, he is super underrated. He's very, very talented. Which is one award I wish we'd put in. Most mm. underrated mm. fighter of the year. Because to mm. me, given what we've just said... I, Bobby I Green's just, another one there. See, he's, he he retired. Robbed, robbed. He retired off the back of that? Yep. And I saw someone saying on Reddit, and he's just fucking right as well. Saw someone saying that them um, actually, and uh, do you know what? I, I'm sorry that I can't remember you because I give you a Chris shout out for it. Um, he said, "Well, would you not retire if your livelihood just got fucked by somebody yeah. else, by somebody well, who doesn't know the sport?" Clearly, oh, hundred percent. He yeah. uh, he's been saying we've been saying for ages, in that he called for win bonuses to be taken away, which mm. I agree with. And I, Ali Quinta is another guy that's shouted yeah. for that since yep. beginning of time. Um. I think it is kind of outdated. You know, it's... And, and, and Ally Quinta said... Uh, well, you can and, lose a fight working as hard as a guy And who being wins it. equally as talented. Yeah. Yeah. And, it um, seems unfair to withhold 50% of someone's wage yeah. for that. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, Ally Quinta hit the nail on the head by saying it's just the UFC's way of trying to institute some kind of level of control but over But I you. always think... It is. Totally the the yeah. argument totally was is. that it pushes guys to fight harder. Does it bollocks? Does I think not. it does the opposite. I think it forces guys to play safe. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to lose. I don't want to risk. No, I can't risk yeah. losing. I can't risk I losing. Can't risk losing. See, you got your full pay, and then you you take that away. You'd be more mm. inclined to. Well, I'm getting paid the same. I'm not going to lose any money yeah. by going for this. Did you see that Eric Anders came out and said that he's keen for fighters to get told what the scores are in between rounds? It's yep. a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. And someone again on Reddit, and apologies, I can't shut you out because I don't know who you are off the top of my head. I didn't know we were going to bring this up, otherwise I would. Um. He said, well, it's weird because it's like one of the only sports in the world that you don't know what the score is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, right That's enough. complete mystery. What? Right enough. And imagine mm-hmm. standing there and just being like, you know, knowing you'd won the fight. Like, knowing. And we've seen yeah. this tons of times. Not like Ally Quinta versus, you know, Kevin Lee knowing. I mean, like, knowing, knowing you won the fight, like Bobby Green. Bobby Green. And then yeah. being told you didn't. You'd be like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, where totally did that come from? There. That is... And again, there's no comeback for Bobby Green there. Like that, what do you do? Nothing. You know, there's not. Um, no, no, one's, no one's ever in the UFC got their decision reversed. No, through an appeal, it just doesn't happen. Oh dear, Plus, dear, dear. I'm just looking at Michael Johnson's record after that, and he should automatically be fighter of the year because he did just beat the greatest of all time, our team Lubo. Exactly. So if oh. that doesn't win you the award, what does? It's that. It's that when you're fighting against someone who just has that monstrous reach um, mm. uh, that that our team has. And when I say monstrous, I mean Godzilla like, levels yeah, of monstrous, yeah. not uh, <laughs> <laughs> fighting like a yes, fucking like angry T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but that, that I think, will wrap up our first annual uh, Super Ad MMA show. Um, congratulations to all the worthy winners and to all of the gracious losers you have next year and, and the year disagree after. with us, you can fuck right off. Absolutely, because we're the bosses. Or let us know. Or, or you can debate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or let us know. We're re- or let us know, because us know. we're reasonable people and we'll yeah. have a discussion with you. Um just before we wrap up the podcast completely, um, we extend thank you again, Andy, to, to coming on and no, joining us as thank always. Thank you very much. Really enjoy it. Um, it's fantastic. You're welcome anytime. Uh, we just want to quickly talk about the uh, the UFC 232. Actually, no, 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 no. Scrap that. We have not wrapped up our awards show. Oh, no. We have not yet done Fight Card of the Year. Oh. No, we haven't. We were missing Fight Card of the Year. Am I scribbled notes? Yes, I do have Fight Card fantastic. of the Year. Fantastic. I have two. Brilliant. Okay, Mel, hit hit us up then. Uh, first of all, I have UFC two twenty. I also have two twenty. So do I. Which uh, headlined Milchic and Ngannou, which we mm-hmm. just spoke about. Big fight field. We had uh, our DC and Ozdemir, our, our fighter of the year, DC defending his light heavyweight title. I actually a dark horse for fight of the year, which just missed my list. yeah, me Guitar too. And Shane Burgos, I was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, uh, we had uh, Abdul Razak. Al Hassan with a with, vicious KO. That yeah. was a brutal knockout. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Well, we had, of course, uh, Makashev knocking out Tebow. Dude, we had mm. Jean Valente. You don't oh, want to yes, talk about it. There was a Jean Valente fight on there, which just Rob Font beating Thomas Almeida. Mm. Yeah. Kyle um, Bochniak beating Brandon Davis, who ironically then went on to get subbed in the banana split yeah. by, by Zabit. Zabit. <laughs> my second event was uh, Conor Habib UFC two two nine. Okay. Not yeah. just for the main event, which was. Like incredible atmosphere, highest stakes, pressure on both sides, and it delivered. And then, of course, the absolute nonsense which happened afterwards. But the co-main of Tony and Anthony Pettis, which if it had went around longer, would definitely have been in fight of the year conversation. Uh, the second round of it could be the round of the year. Um, could be. Dominic Reyes looked great. Uh, up and comer, we had the comeback win of Derek Lewis over Volkov. Yep. Uh, Michelle Watterson Felice Herrick was a good fight um, what else did we have on that we had Aspen Ladd um, yep that was that fight I was talking yep. about looked yeah, super dominant yeah crazy and uh, we had two head kick knockouts over veterans to open the prelims well Andy since you have the biggest list I'll let you go last this time um, and because uh, I think it's about time that you get to make the final call on one um, I have two on mine two consecutive UFC 220 and UFC 221. Um, UFC 221, home of Yo Romero versus Luke Rockhold, uh, Curtis Blades, Mark Hunt, Tai Tuivasa and Cyril Asker, Jake Matthews and Lee Jing, uh, Jing Liang Lee, Tyson Pedro was fight, fought Safarov, uh, Dong Hong King, Kim fought Damian Brown, Izzy fought Rob Wilkinson, Volkanovsky beat Jeremy Kennedy, Husir Formiga beat Ben Nguyen, Ross Pearson was fighting against uh, Haruda, um, you know, we had Queen Inez against the Shihara, like that card from beginning to end yeah. was absolutely stacked, mm. um, and it was, it was you know, one an odd one because it was a pay-per-view, um, but it was in Australia, so just odd that to me it was, you know, one after the other it happened to be for me but I had 220 and 221 as yeah. my cards awesome Andy what you got I have 224 which is uh, Nunez yep Pennington obviously stack card but uh, that fight at the end again bit of a storyline behind that so we still see that uh, 
that provoked a massive amount of debate and I think this card itself was quite good I remember looking at it last night yeah Sousa so we had yeah, Gaslam Sousa that was the other main one I picked out off that Big the Mac Belfort uh, Mackenzie well, Dern. last fight in the UFC Vitor and Leota as well that was yeah. that was their last that. fights yes yeah, UFC, yeah. Anyway. Um, I also had UFC 220 yep Yep. Um, pretty much exactly the same reason as both you guys and also 229 was my number one pick stack card overall but finishing with as you said like probably the biggest story you're ever going to get in yeah. MMA and that's why I think I, that was the, why, the biggest fight of the year whether it was yeah, the best but I think not, it's also the biggest, the biggest ever yeah. MMA pay-per-view yeah, yeah they probably. got something ridiculous like yeah, millions two, of views 2.4 million that's amazing yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, that's a phenomenal amount I think you're right I think that um, although it wasn't even in my picks it was kind of, it was kind of left out because I sort of it's weird you're that I've left it. it out because I'm yeah. like well yeah I mean obviously obviously that counts yeah. but you like you're right. We have to. I think that would have to be, you know, it would have to be the card. Um, interesting UFC 220 right behind it. All three mm-hmm. of us had it. Um, but I think that it, it it will have to be UFC 229 then. Um, and as you said, it's not just the story of Connor. The rest of the card was bloody yeah. tight as well. And you had that mad Volkov Lewis fight. You had you know Dominic Reyes and OSP. Uh, Ferguson and Pettis which was Ferguson Pettis, a phenomenal, anyway, fight. So, phenomenal fight um, yeah so well, that'll, that will now officially wrap up our Super Rad MMA awards for this year and um, we'll be back of course this time next year with the same thing again believe it or not um, just before we go uh, because we are going to be off until well probably the new year I would imagine um this is going to be our one opportunity to, and we may be able to get something out here in regards to um, UFC 232 before but just in case uh, we're going to do a quick. We're going to give our thoughts uh, on the two, the main and co-main uh, in this the UFC. Card, Ironically, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it could. it could be card of the year or event of the year, and it could have fight of the year. Uh, unfortunately, it just missed the cut for uh, when we were recording this. But well, of course, it is actually in 2018. The ghost of Carlos Conda, of course, fighting um, mm-hmm. an inflated Michael Chiesa at welterweight. So. I'm curious I don't to fancy see that. against many at welterweight, but Jesse should be. I yeah, do like him, him there. If he doesn't Still, be in there, that should be. I feel like I've been saying that for, yeah, <laughs> for five years. Time, yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't beat him, he should be done. Well, if he doesn't beat um, this guy, he should mm. be done. So the the Kumian event, Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. So many questions about this. First of all, the rumors are Nunes hits harder than any woman in the UFC. Mm. How does that translate to one forty five? She probably hits harder at 145. You think? Yeah. Mm. I think she cuts quite a lot of weight as well. Yeah. I think the betting odds on this are in no way reflective of how close this is going to be. Um, I have a sneaky feeling that Nunez may pull the upset here. I think it's possible. Ooh. It definitely is possible. Um, you- I think Holly Holm gives Cyborg fits. And Holly Holm is not as good as Nunez. Yeah. By a long shot. Mm. Yeah, but was a lot of that because of her ability to stall Cyborg? Was a lot of that to do with not only the game planning, but the you know her ability. Like when we, I keep talking about Holly Holm, is she is one of the most? She is one of the the. It's not a prospect because she's she's up in up in mileage. She is someone that has amazed me in terms of her ability to constantly. Uh, 
improve her skill set. You know, she's yeah. went from being someone that was just a pure kickboxer with a bit of takedown defense yeah. to being someone that all of a sudden's pinning someone like Cyborg against the cage. Yeah, for an she entire reinvented fight. herself ultimately yeah. as a fighter time and time again, boxing, kickboxing, now in the MMA. But you've seen an evolution of her as an MMA fighter rather yeah. than just as a good striker yes. who's, who 100%. may or may not be able to defend a takedown. And we saw her demolishing Ronda. That's when people really believed. We saw her fight Cyborg. She said she controlled her a lot of the time against yeah. the cage. Uh, with Cyborg and Nunes, I can. It's really difficult because apparently Cyborg is gigantic before she cuts weight, like properly huge. huge. I, this is my thing, and I, I, I just can't see Nunes beating her. I, I know Nunes is what we're going to. I'm basing Nunes not beating her on Nunes's performances against obviously other top level opponents such as Fair. Rousey. Um, I just don't think she's got the capability of doing that to somebody like Cyborg. No, I think this is the fight for the greatest of all time in, in the female in women's MMA well Jermaine Durand I mean, should be in that in, in that argument along with Holly Holm I think Holm beat Durand I mean, that time I think there was a lot of I think the only thing that helps but, Nunes to that is that she's beat both of them yeah so I don't know that with Cyborg we've all I mean we've all seen it she absolutely demolishes people but if you look down the list of names she's fought they're not not super elite or well rounded I just think Nunes Cyborg will obviously have the size on her, but yeah. I don't think Nunez is in any way small. No, she's not. Um, but I don't think Cyborg has really fought anybody, at least recently, who has stand-up like Nunez, will hit like Nunez, and I think Nunez is a black belt on the ground she is, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, I, I, Cyborg, I don't think will be able to bully Amanda Nunez, and I think this will come down to pacing. I think if Nunez can put a high, pre, uh, high pace on Cyborg I'll be interested to see if Cyborg can keep up with that because beyond blowing herself out in the first three rounds we don't really see Cyborg go to the deep water no. and the only person who's taken her there recently is Home, who we've mm-hmm. all just said you know she did struggle hang, with a bit hang on a minute here why I've just gone into UFC odds checker right mm-hmm. why am I seeing Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather on the 25th of December because they always do that they'll be like You'll find that if you go into any of those, it'll be like Connor, Nate, Connor, this, Connor, that, and they'll right. put them on on these weird dates like yeah, New so Year's if, Eve, Christmas Day, yeah. as if this might happen. Do you want to bet on it now? Right, yeah. okay. So it doesn't, yeah, because okay. if you, uh, Mayweather's already booked against Tension. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm Masakawa. tempted to put some money on Tension. Um, I don't think it's he totally will fake. win, but it, it's, it's. you. I mean, like, it's like trying to bet on Andre Jatt not to lose. I mean, yeah. it's. I, Floyd thinks he's going to get a fair crack out there, too. He's crazy. Mm, I, not, I don't really get how you can bet on pro wrestling like you can bet on WWE I know it's really? weird yeah that's oh yeah like, 100% that's like betting yeah. on extenders yeah mm-hmm. people I might do bet sure the, the whole thing is every Christmas there's the, the bookies take bets on the East End because East End yeah who's going to die he's always kill someone if, off every if, year you're like there's bound to be someone on the, yeah that knows on the gigantic yeah. corporation that mm-hmm. is WWE and he's just it, some completely anonymous dude we just let it mm. spill oh such and such is winning the Royal yeah, Rumble. Think, think about it though. Title to this yeah, bet your house Mr. John Johnson. John Johnson, who is a UFC executive. Yeah. How, the, how the hell are Paddy Power going to know that he's a UFC exec? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. You can walk into a bookie or just go to his cousin. Here, mate. I'll mm. give you 10 grand. Go stick it on yeah. this. Mm-hmm. You'll make me a few grand. No problem at all. Um, you know, and it'd be completely illegal, but no way to no. regulate it no, at all. I mean, it's your Mayweather regularly bets on himself allegedly to be yeah. fair though the odds on wrestling are 
horrific for that exact reason. And I, well, I believe it would be that exact reason, mm. you know. Um, but then that makes it a bit, yeah, every so often, one of those oh, yeah. big odds will come well, in. Well, like imagine the Royal Rumble odds. Yeah. We have 30 people going in and, you know, it could be any one of four or five yeah. that you're pretty sure, yeah. you know, and, and, and it could, you know, it's not been outrageous to, should you not remember the year, there was odds on John Cena at 50 to 1 and it was a year that he wasn't supposed to be back from injury and he came back for that. And I remember I was watching it live around at my mates at yeah. uh, the Royal Rumble and he came back early when he shouldn't like like there, mm. and it was one of those times where the UFC had man or not the UFC the WWE had managed to com- completely keep it silent yeah. so nobody knew and everybody the music went everybody was like no and the odds of him winning were like a hundred to one or something yeah it's crazy but then um, I keep betting on the honky tonk man I know he's going to come back one day one day yeah do a title run um so Amanda Nunes at twelve to five or Cyborg at four to eleven Mel you could be on to something yeah. with that um I think that. I think if you're a betting man, the values in a Nunes upset. I favor Cyborg for the reasons that you highlighted, mm-hmm. Andy. I think that she's bigger. And look, I don't know. How, this is this is a tough one. This, this is, I might be underestimating her because she's kind of been beating up cans for a while. Nunes? Yeah, oh, no. Cyborg. Cyborg. True. Um, but okay, That's very disrespectful to the people she's been fighting, but they're not... No, they're I'm not elite at, level. You know, beyond their last few fights, Tony Avenger, Lena Landsberg, mm. Leslie Smith. Marlis Conan's on that list as well, yeah. which is a, it's, that's a cracking win. But apart from that, yeah, yeah, she's fought Conan twice and Gina Carano. But I mean, there's the early days as well. You're 2009. Going back, we're yeah, looking back, back 10 years. So, I mean, yeah. that's... I think that the the thing for me that, that I have a question with is, so a cyborg, more uh, masculine in physique, Shape wise, brought across the top, yeah, thick neck for for a female fighter. Mm-hmm. I wonder, she's Vanderlei in a wig. Maybe it is Vanderlei. Maybe. <laughs> Have you ever seen him in the same room? I haven't. I haven't. Could it could be. It could be Vanderlei in a wig. Mm. Um, I do wonder if she's just physically able to take shots that other people at Nunes has fought haven't been able to yeah. oh absolutely um, and, and that that to me is the X factor because I think that I think on the ground they cancel each other out I think I would favour Nunes on the ground slightly but I think that the physicality of Cyborg would negate any sort of technical advantage that Nunes might have I think Cyborg is able to rely on her strength advantage on the ground yes. a lot um, yeah. but I, yeah I think you're right I think they cancel each other I, have, I do not see Nunes finishing Cyborg I think the only way she wins is decision. Really? Yeah. See, I think that if so, I think that if Nunes does it, she I, I, she ices I, I, her. Yeah, I think. Really? If, I think. Cyborg yeah. loses. I think it's by by stoppage. Or I, yeah, by I think I could see either like I just, just. I've never seen her in trouble. But this on is, the but feet, that's but it. But she's is, never fought someone that can crack like Nunes. Yeah. that's true. And now, now, my point still stands is that the question I do have for this is, is is Cyborg just built more? sturdily shall mm-hmm. we say than any of the fighters that Nunes has fought and will she be she may well just she, Nunes might be throwing everything but the kitchen sink at her and, and Cyborg might just be standing there going and fucking what yeah. that's what you got come on now I'm excited you know, to see this because it's nice to actually have an intriguing Cyborg fight rather than how long will they last with her true true Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cyborg by decision because I just think that Cyborg edges it. But I will be betting on Nunes because mm. the odds, the odds are, are, are yeah. there, um, and and there's some money to be made. You know, twenty think, quid on that, and you're you're, you're having a good night. I'm the same as yourself. You know, it is. 
it's nearly irrational to pick against Cyborg, even though this time there are some arguments there. But we'll we'll get onto it with with Jones and Gustafson. But it's a similar premise for me that until I see, you know, a weakness in the armor, it's you can't really pick against someone who's been untouchable essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um. So Andy, who again Cyborg for exactly the same reasons. I just it, it is that sort of. She has that mystique around her too. I know it sounds really strange, but that does play in people's minds. She's still undefeated as far yep. in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I just can't see Nunes being the girl, sadly, to break that streak. And I think if Nunes can't do it, I don't think it's going to be done. No. And um, I think she could move fair. from the UFC pretty quickly from this. I think Cyborg might make a jump. Yeah. If I was her, genuinely, I'd take Come a jump to boxing. Victor. Just go to boxing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a ton, ton more money to be made. A lot made. more money to be made. A lot less, I was going to say, a lot less risk. Well, no, there is a lot, lot less risk. A catastrophic is, injury. Ca- yes. I mean, you know, and I, I do think she's, she's built for it. I and mean, why would you not do that? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Um, the people's main event now um, and the real. The, the intrigue for me, um, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson, too. Just before we get into it, John Jones at 4 to 11. Alexander Gustafsson at fifty three to twenty one, so hmm. at well over doubles. Yeah, um, I will be betting on Gustafsson for two reasons. One, I have said before that I have questioned John Jones' commitment to training. Um, I think that he and this is this is coming from a Gus fanboy, so please don't think that this is like I'm not claiming to be super rational about this. But if I had to build a case for Gus, which I feel like I do. Um, I build it by saying that, you know, I've watched him, watched John Jones flirt with deadlifting and then come out of the way of it. I've watched him run over pregnant women. I've watched him take drugs, take take steroids. I've watched him come back. Uh, okay, granted, the second time he came back after some absence, didn't well, beat DC, arguably. Well, the guy that we've just given fighter of the year to. Um, so, you know, I do understand that the timeout might not be everything, but I think you have to look at the OSP fight, and I know that everyone is beating that drum to death, but I think that you have to consider it. I think you do have to factor it in because it is one of the times where he has looked very beatable by a fighter that I don't think had any right, to be honest, especially knowing what we know about him now, taking yeah. him the way he did. I think Gustafson has looked better and better and better. I don't think that Gustafson. I think Jones rectified the issues with that OSP fight and got them out of the way with DC. And here's something to blow your mind: Gustafson has been less inactive than John Jones. He's been out of the cage longer than John Jones. Oh no, I know, point. I know this, so, I know this, but that's through statistic. It yeah. is, but that's through injury. Because everybody thinks yes. that's, that Jones is, you know, it is through his own doing. Mm-hmm. Has been out of the cage yeah. for so long, but like. He has fought oh, Gustafson has been injured. Yeah, mm. no, no, I do, I know, I know this, but the difference is that be, you know being out injured for Gustafson still means training in MMA. Being, uh, being we, out we from Jones we doesn't. I mean, sitting know. on your sofa. No, no, we know that he hasn't been training. His his, his partners tell you this. The gym tells yeah. you this. Also, he waltzes in and out. I, I don't know what John Jones. He I take out him being possibly one of the worst human beings ever to, to compete in MMA. Possibly ever to be a celebrity, even. Yeah, pretty much. Take all that aside. He is a freak athlete, and he is probably one of the best that we're ever going to see. Um, he does have that loss to Matt Hamill. No matter what anybody says, he lost a fight. He, he that is a loss on his record. Yeah, he does have the blood on his copybook with the constant drug abuse. When I say drug abuse, he get caught taking steroids. Um, and coke. And coke, obviously. But you you take that away from him. You're left with a super athlete. Yep. I think that in this case, he has just been out of the game too long. Not necessarily been out of the cage, but out of the game. Mm. His mind's not there. You can 
quite clearly see that this is a means to an end for somebody like him. His two brothers yeah. are pro NFL players yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he comes from an athletic family. He's got gifted genes. He's, he could be, could have been the greatest of all time. I don't think he will be because I think he could lose this to Gus. That's going to be my prediction. I think he's going to lose it. There are many people who think he lost the last one. I don't believe this bullshit either. No. I wasn't training for this. I wasn't training for that. I don't believe that. Of course he I was. I think that that's a gym lie. That yeah, like, Put this about, I'm not really doing too much. So this gets back to Gus, so he might take me a wee bit lighter. And I think that's what's happening here too. We're going to believe that. And then he's going to come out and he's going to look like he did in the second DC fight. Granted, he was chemically enhanced due to the dick in that fight. Yeah. But... I still think, in this respect, Gus has improved more, and I think you know you know yeah. what you get with Jones. I don't think Gus has reached his peak yet, and I think that if he does, on the day he beats him, but I think he gets it done by decision. I think if one thing beats Jones, it's anti wrestling and boxing. Mm. His kickboxing is excellent, but his pure oh, yeah. boxing is arguably, if you had to pick something, as one of his downsides. And I think that you're looking at a guy that that does both of those things very, very better well. than maybe anyone outside it. Well, I think, I think Gus is a better boxer than DC. I don't think he's a better kickboxer than DC. No. I think he's a better, uh, better boxer. And in terms of his footwork, a better boxer. But as I said, his kickboxing wouldn't be as strong as say, someone mm. like DC. Um, and I think that his anti-wrestling is, is up there. Um, I mean, we, we look at how close the DC and Gus fight mm. was too. You know, you, you have to factor mm. that in and, you know, I think that people sometimes sleep on Gus in that way because they're like, oh, he's Gus because he's a big bubbling Swede yeah. and, you know, he's a big goofy giant dude, you know. But no, fuck, like Gus is a killer and, and he's one of my he's one of my all-time favorite fighters. I am massively biased towards him, especially because I have an immense amount of hatred for John. It is, it is, it is hatred that I have for him uh, in terms of sporting fan. He mm. is the pantomime villain he, to he me. He really is. He is a pantomime villain and I think that that is what also, I, I like fights like this because it's going to polarise people too. Oh, They'll be the ones who believe John can change. Oh, I want you to change. It's so amazing. I'm going to cry on camera again and get on like an absolute arsehole. Drive, go and take part in their street race and get lifted. Hmm. But there will also be the guys and girls who look at the sport objectively and say, right, here's how we're going to break. How How is this going to get broken down? And it'll be almost like a Connor could be yep. breakdowns. And I like that. Yeah. And hopefully, again, it'll attract more fans. And I, I do think, in this respect, who's learning more here? John Jones, super talented, but his mind wanders. Yep. Gus, very talented, injury prone. His mind doesn't wander. He yes. is stuck to the yes. task. And that is the one, that is the X factor for me. And and I do I do hear your point, Mel, about how Gus has been inactive as well. But I just think that um, it's, as you said, it's the mind wandering. And I think that John Jones has one foot in this octagon and one foot beyond beating Gus. And I think yeah. that that's a terrible mistake because even judging by what he's saying, you know, he's saying things like, you know, oh, look, this is, uh, uh, this, it won't be like the last time. Why? Just because you say that? You know, I think I'm, I think I'm he's going, still falling privy to the same traps he set the, the first opposite time. Way of both of you, I think I've said this loads when we've we've talked about this fight a lot. This feels this is going to be a huge fight. Oh, you dude, know? I can't wait to watch both it. Both guys these. are in the cage. Whatever you think of them personally, feels big because probably due to them both being inactive and yeah. both being big stars. But uh, I've said to you before, I think Gustafson's best chance of beating him. Was a couple of, or was more than a couple of years ago now, five six years ago, whenever that fight was, um, I think Gustafson's just skill set is improving, but I think it's more technically limited. I think Jones is like an Anderson Silva or an Adesanya. You know, he has his. You know, it mightn't be textbook, but he has his own way of doing things, mm-hmm. and I think. 
You just think I, it's able to get it done? I think he's able to get it done. I think he, he wins more impressively than than last time. I think he's tapping him. I think he's tapping Ooh, him. I can the, see that. In, in I the can. Later, yeah. In the later rounds, I just think... Imagine that, though. Then he gets the belt back. Yeah. I mean, look at the story there for the a, D, a possible DC. I mean, he's a, he's, I, like I, John Jones is an absolute scumbag, but he fascinates me from a sporting perspective. Yeah. Because, because he because he can waltz because, in and waltz out can, and perform. And I, and I yeah. think he is, like I said, like an Anderson Silva, like an Adesanya, and he'll just... Gustafsson isn't going to do anything you won't see coming. He'll have real sharp, crisp, technical boxing. He'll have good anti-wrestling. He surprised Jones last time when he took him took down. Him down. Do you remember but that? Jones will be yes, aware but that's of that but now. this is the thing: is does that awareness in itself cause a problem? Because we kind of talked about this earlier with that um, with Barbosa, where we talked about how the the innate fear of the takedown changes your striking. Yeah. And I actually wonder if that does the I think, opposite. I think, it's, I think it's there too, but I just think to me, Jones won that last fight in the championship rounds. He did. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's I a had big, us the first two. He's you mm-hmm. know. He's a big game player, and I think he's not going to want uh, you know the belts on the line. There's too much money to be made with the story, like you're saying with yep. DC. I just don't think there will be no stone left unturned, and they'll know from the battering he took from Gustafson last time that there will be no taking anybody lightly. Like this is this is you know win or bust for Gustafson. Essentially, it really is win or bust for Gus. Actually, I um, think. It- but it's also I think win or bust for Jones. Mm, because yeah, yeah. If he, if he doesn't come back and. He, and and when when where does he go? Does he drop down? Does he even stay in combat sports? Yeah. You know, I don't think he stays in yeah. combat sports if he loses. I think he stays in combat sports if he wins, and I think he goes to heavyweight. And I think they do the DC fight. I don't yeah. care. probably. DC says he's gonna re- DC says he's gonna retire. I hope he does actually retire. But if he doesn't and he chooses to stay on, it's gonna be for that one fight at heavyweight. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I personally, I think it's closer when you're stating the betting odds at the start. Mm. Closer than that, it's a lot lot closer than that. But it's like I was saying with Cyborg. Until I, you know, like if see if the second DC fight hadn't happened and this was coming straight after the Saint Prue fight, yeah, oh yeah, I'd be, you know, going, oh, that's that guy doesn't look great. But yes, chemically enhanced against DC, but lots of what he was doing, you know, was just what what he does, yeah. Regardless, Um, I think he needs the steroids to be confident. It could be. I think Mm -hmm. this is. This will answer an interesting question. more questions yeah. about Jones than it will about Gus. Gus. So, kind of what what I think then the the one consensus we have in terms of a case for Gus is that um that we will it, we will find out how reliant I, Jones I, is on, on external. Think, I think it's I don't like picking a guy to win based on just how the other guy is. If you know what I mean, like my yeah. argument for Gustafson is well, it's very dependent on which John Jones shows up, whereas. I think Jones, uh, when he's on form, beats any version. I, of I, I don't. Up. I don't know Ooh. because I I can make a case for like for the evolution of Gustafson. I don't think that Gustafson think is I, the same fighter that I, fought Jones either. I, I don't think he's evolved that much. I, think, I don't know if that's true. Mm. The guys he's fought, he hasn't had to do, and like that. It's it's Did the blessing went, and the curse of fighting DC. people like uh, John Jones is that there is no other John Jones for you to fight. But after Jones beat Manoa, who would expect to win, got crumpled by Rumble the fight with DC yep. was close and since then like an over the hill Glover and Jan Blachowicz another thing as well dude is that Gus is only 31 now Gus has literally Jones just come into his prime yes I, I knew that but you know um, I just think and as mu- and it pains me to say it because I really like Gus as a, as a person I like his interviews I like what he stands for he's never done anything shitty and John Jones is the opposite dirtbag um, 
But I just think he's the better, more dynamic version of Gus. And Gus... He's I, the more athletic version. Mm-hmm. They're the same height, they're the same weight, they're the same reach. Gus is another one that needs pop. Neither of these guys have, have neither of these no, guys no, have well, one punch. I mean, well, not one punch, but you can see what Jones did. Did they say yes? Can we yeah. get hands? He, he stopped him with a head kick. Yeah, well, kicks is different, but you know, you know, with kick, you know, like anyone can yeah. essentially, you know, if you if you do land a kick, you know, if you could kick me in the head, you're probably gonna knock me mm. out. You know, like because almost any fully grown adult male will be able to generate yeah. enough force. But the difference is, some people don't have flexibility or the skill, or they aren't innate kickers within their game. Um, I think that you know, for me. It's 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 the hands that that kind of separate the men from the boys when it comes to pop because some people just have that have it and some people, some don't. people just yeah don't. some of it's technique some of it's natural given ability or yeah or, but I, I do think that both those guys lack that yeah they, yeah no, oh yeah no yeah, one, yeah, yeah yeah no one no one's going to sleep no no one. no one's getting like iced to sleep yeah. you might see a TKO or a grinding pound but you're not you know no one's got going one punch here but see, I have a feeling that Jones is going to come out and wrestle. Oh, I think he's one hundred percent going to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I think he one hundred percent will. I think he's already done five rounds on the feet with Gustafson, and that's not particularly appealing. No, no, that would not no. be appealing for. But any I person. think if Jones can get Gus on his back, it's trouble. Yeah. Well, anyone want to care to be ballsy enough to make a prediction then before we wrap the podcast up? Jones fifth round, Dars. Ooh, oh, very nice. Well, it's long limbs. It's I can see mm-hmm. it. I can see it. Like, um, nice. I'm going to go. Gustafson decision. Yeah, that's my prediction too. Gust decision. Sweet. And it's more of a I'm willing it to happen. <laughs> yeah, me I'm too. Really, I'm putting it out there. There is a bit of me because yeah. everything that Mel's saying, I'm just ignorantly denying and ignoring. <laughs> like it's not. Like it's not. Like but as ego- I said, yeah, that's why I like the sport because mm-hmm. yeah, the people bad do guy like can't win. I just think that I, I would li- I'd like to see Gus get the win. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, but obviously I think please don't bet it and blame me. Um, no, no, oh, no, no. We have that disclaimer every week. Don't worry. Um, but uh, that, that's going to wrap us up for this week. We again have to give a big shout out to our, to our sponsors at NI Supplements. Again, super at MMA is your code, nisupplements.com. They're great people, great guys. That gets you 10% off any Biotech USA products, which, to be honest, because they're elite tier products, they're expensive. So 10% off is no, no, no snitch or no, 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 like, uh, sorry, no sneeze. Um, Mel, uh, give us a shout out for our social media then. I should really know what our you social media is. Twitter would be what? At Haluka Media on Twitter. It's not not our. I think you're oh, probably no, more likely no, to find Instagram. us at Super at MMA, MMA on Twitter. Oh no, it's our Instagram at Paluka Media. Okay, on and at Paluka just Paluka Jitsu for our clothing. If you want some fine jujitsu threads, yeah, um, that is one thing that we forgot to mention. Uh, we do have a Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Super MMA. If you want to support the show in any way, another way you can support the show is through the clothing line. But you also get some sick ass threads for doing that, so that makes total sense. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or like us or whatever the cool kids say at uh, Facebook.com forward slash Super MMA. And Andy, it'll be remiss of us not to let you shout out whatever yeah. social media you wish because yeah, well, your social media. Guru, well, we we her. Uh, what I try and do is uh, I do post a lot of training pictures on Instagram and a lot of training videos on Instagram. So if you want to give that a follow, it's the underscore icon seven seven on Instagram. It's the same on Twitter face. So give those a follow, guys. Not a lot of uh, traffic on Twitter, but mainly I stick to Instagram because I do like pictures and I do like this sort of platform that it does give you. It give you a bit more showcasing the skill sets and stuff. So if you're interested, give it a follow. Anything else to shout out? No, I'm happy enough. Just a Merry Christmas to all our Merry sexy Christmas. listeners. Yes, absolutely. Yes, anybody listening. First of all, thanks very much. Yep. And second of all, I'm very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year to one and all. Well, I'm, I'm going to be Santa's bar humbug you. and say I hope Santa shit to everyone. Fuck Santa.
Fuck. Oh, Santa's not a grab of Satan. Uh, he's cracked. Why it do you think I'm not going to shout him out? It is a bit, and I saw someone like just the same. Your house and watches you when you sleep. He comes down your fucking chimney, drinks your drink, eats your fucking he's cookies. He's like, in your house. He really is. You know, he's reverse, reverse burglary. Reverse, well, no, he's coming down yeah, your house and then putting yeah. shit in. I think that's yeah. Like now, it is this weird. Is another podcast in itself. Yeah. <laughs> one day we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, the, the how yeah, Santa is. It is. You yeah, fuck out your chimney. Yeah. Well, but, enjoy uh, Christmas, folks, and. Eat lots of, Eat lots of be merry. Yeah. Absolutely. Peace and love, guys. Cheers.